Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. How you live at threes? Oh, I'm living the dream. I'm not living as good as Elvis Mers Lincoln's, that's for sure. He's but really I'm living, uh, I'm living the dream, brother. I mean, we got we got the we got the torrential downpour. A lot coming. of rain. <laughs> we got the uh, the flooding of the stream, which is great. I had some um, oh, I had some you know some some work done to help bring up the elevation some, and it seems to okay. be working thus far. You know, you can only do so much. The hard sure. thing is, is that it's not really the I'm not even convinced it's the elevation of the land. It's the fact that you're you're dealing with a steep hill down to the stream, right? So you're dealing with runoff yeah. and all the water that comes from the barn. We have underground trenched um, pipes well, that run down the hill, too. you know. So yeah. that's running down the hill into the stream, and then the stream gets really shallow there. So it's almost like the stream's fault. It's not the land outside the stream. Like, yeah, the stream is super deep, and then there's a certain area where it's only it's it's wide, but it's only maybe. 18 inches deep, and then when it's got so dry, a lot of grass started growing, right? Sure. Natural grass and um, the little uh, cattails, all, all that stuff starts oh, yeah. growing up. And now the water doesn't go through that. Now it's actually going around all that grass, you know? And I'm like, I need to get a big digger down here and just there scoop all. I know I can't talking. touch the, the, you know, the native plants. I know. Don't, don't be writing me emails. I understand that. Yeah, like, you're a man of the earth. Ohio wetland, you know, they put the pink tags yeah. on it. I've been through that, so I won't touch that. <laughs> but... All the other stuff. I feel Are like you trying to divert a, the stream? Are you considering diverting the stream? I'm not diverting the stream. I am. Um, I can't divert the stream. I've gone through that before when I thought about developing. I, I know what areas. Oh, I you can know and what you can touch. and can't do. Yes. Yeah, very yes. specific. I do yeah, know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the funny thing is that they come in and say, "Don't touch this or that." You didn't even know the stream existed. All right, it's not even on your damn map here. Okay, it didn't exist before all this development happened. And you put storm runoff to come through here, but that's another point. Okay. Anyway. Um, no, I just wanted the. I, I just I just want to be able to like after today, sure. When it dries out in two days, to be able to mow close to the stream. And what we right. had before was we would have the bank, and then the land would sink down, and then the hill would go up. So you'd have this puddling of water. And so I think we've negated that. I don't know. I'm still getting I think three or four more truckloads of dirt dropped off here in October. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you know, it's my first time really seeing a heavy rain. Just seeing what that stream looks like. So, how's Bill the Beaver? I think we scared Bill the Beaver off. No, there hasn't been any oh, more chewing no. on the tree since. Yep. Oh, so, too much scent. But with some of this wind, I don't know. That tree might just keep going. I mean, honestly, it would take me firing up the chainsaw, maybe getting in three inches, and that thing's falling anyway. So, yeah, um, I'm not doing oh, it. Man. I'll let Bill take care of it. I really um, wanted. I really wanted a winter of Bill the Beaver and his family. Yeah, I, I think Bill has stopped so far. On okay. that uh, on that tree, but I hate to say it. Yeah. he moved down moved downstream. He did move downstream. He did. Yeah, very good. Um, look, <laughs> we're gonna you're gonna hear from Coach Day um, on you're, you're playing Akron, man. Yep. Like you're on the call. Of course, we're gonna watch the game. It's a seven thirty start. Um, but and and I I don't know what. Let's just start here, and we'll get to Elvis yep. in a second because I want to get to that too. But let's just start here. I don't know what you do. If you are the athletic director at Akron, if you're the president of the university, 
I don't know what you do. And they're the team we play this week, so we'll talk about them. Um, I mean, they had mm-hmm. Terry Bowden up there coaching, and yep. and they had some success. He was big in the transfer uh, portal. He was trying to get guys up there that way. He had um, Chuck Amato, who's a coach at NC State and a legendary co-defensive coordinator at Florida State. He had a lot of those guys on that FSU staff were up there at Akron um, trying to build something there, and they were a respectable from the standpoint of wins and losses, they were respectable on the field, but there's a ceiling to it. So he, it, the end is not great, and so yeah. Terry Bowden is gone, and they hired the coach who was at, I think, John Carroll, right, up there in Cleveland? I want to yes. say they hired him, and he won a lot at John Carroll and kind of pushed himself into the Mount Union stronghold when it comes to being a uh, small school really good at football, and Mount Union has the, is the king of that, obviously. Um, so they hire him, and the idea is we got to get some Ohio kids at Akron. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, a good buddy of mine uh, played at Akron, played tight end at Akron. I don't know that Akron needs to play football because mm-hmm. I don't know that the pro. I don't know that it's sustainable. They in the last a lot of max 15, schools, right? That's what that I'm saying. We're using well them because we play them threes, right? To drop we, down. Yeah, um, I'm using them as the example, but I think yes. there's a lot of them yes. that are in this boat. Yes, and you're not alone. No. You're not alone in that. Um, I think that there is a a, a feeling um, of that. I, I was talking to, um, heck, I was talking to Coach Trussell about this. He said that he was the president there. When a lot of people, you know, start talking about all these, he, he's like a lot of the Mac schools are saying, "I don't know how we're going to get through the pandemic and money and this that, and we're coming up short this much and." He goes, I know how. Drop down. Drop down a level. Yeah. And you you know, all of a sudden you start having a little more success on the field. The fan base enjoys a win you know, winners, more mm-hmm. you know, better competition, all that. Go play North Dakota State. and look, North Dakota State would, would beat Akron. Like that's not even sure they would. It's not even close. Uh, Montana would beat Akron. Um, yep. they have a very um, athletic quarterback. So they made the switch against Temple, um, and so they they quarterback gets injured wasn't doing too well anyway so this this kid comes in um and starts tossing the ball around and has a nice arm but also can can really run um is very talented so don't be surprised saturday night if like it's third and six and he rattles off like a 25 yarder like don't throw your remote um he's going to get some yards okay uh he just got the mac east offensive player of the week dj irons jr um Number zero, I don't like quarterbacks in number zero, but it's beside yeah. the point. Anyway, and then they have a, a wide receiver number three who who makes some some catches, right? Production. So, anyway, besides that, like their O line looks really small, really small. Um, I mean, I don't even know where Bryant is. Do you know where Bryant is? The college? I don't even know. I don't, no. I've never heard uh-uh. of. It. And, um, no. I, I have no idea. I, I haven't looked no, it I up. Either. I really, I probably won't. So, um. I, th- anyway, they they were up fourteen nothing against them. Bryant comes back and scores. So, what does that tell you? That they, they, the line of scrimmage wasn't that dominated against Bryant, which I don't even know existed as a school, and I don't even know it had football. So, this Saturday night is a t- really tough one. Like there are tough ones, but this is a really, really tough one to to battle through. Yeah, it is, and and. You see them. I saw that um, Tennessee was supposed to play Army, and they switched it to Akron in like 2022. They had the big SEC schedule reveal last night, which was 
kind of genius if you have a network. They revealed the 2022 SEC football schedule last night. I love it. What was the yeah. biggest game? Uh, Georgia plays like Oregon Wake next Forest, year. And we're going to pump up Wake as if they're like a top 20 Georgia team. plays Oregon next year, man. Oh, there we go. I mean, like in Oregon. Do we, should, play, I mean, do we play Notre Dame next year? Yeah, I think so, right? Gosh, Marcus Freeman. I mean, I don't look that far ahead, but they do. I don't either. So this Akron team got beat. They put, think think about this. Think about you. I told the story about Florida and M yesterday. All right, they opened the season at Auburn and lost sixty to ten. So that's a, a physical bludgeoning. Yeah. Then they played Temple. Temple beat them forty five to twenty four. And Temple, okay, right. Yep. Then they beat Bryant to your point, and then they play us. And then they play. Then they host Ohio after that, and then they're into MAC play. But how yeah. do you even survive it? That's that's yeah. the thing. And so that's going to be the tricky part for Ryan Day this week. That's going to be the tricky part. Uh, you know, frankly, for for us on the show, it's a tricky part for more, especially for Akron. Mm-hmm. How do they just survive it and get through it and and okay. try to uh, still be standing by the time they're done with Saturday night? Because it is will it yep. will whether the final score is covers fifty or whatever. Here's what will happen: there will be a physical toll paid. By the Akron players. Yes. And this isn't the opener, right? You're a month into the season now, and the physical toll will be a big toll. So that's that's, that's I the think, thing to um, there. Yeah, if, you're, if you are um, Akron, you have to start to think of, okay, what, when they put their backups in, meaning us, do we put some of our depth in to rest our starters? Um because they have guys who play their tail off. Like they have yeah, a linebacker course. number twenty-seven in the middle. That I, th- I mean, the guy had had to have ten tackles in the first quarter against Bryant. He's undersized. He's tough as nails. He probably was a wrestler in high school. You know, like but just a like I enjoy watching him. Yeah, he plays really low. Has great technique. Paces the ball well, and then flies around. The problem is he's not very big, right? But a dude who was probably an absolute rock star in his high school. Got overlooked, and I, I like I just I love watching him play um, because you'll just see him fly to the ball and just aggressive jump on the pile like I used to. You know, like you get a lot of tackles jumping on the pile. Um, so <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, I think that there's there's a physical toll to where if you're if you're them, you say, all right, do we want to keep throwing our guys out here against legit? bigger, faster, stronger people and have our team get hurt in a game that we're obviously not coming to win. We're coming to collect a check. And um, they will never say that, but we that's certainly reality. Can. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reality. This from Ohio State yesterday as well. We talked a little bit about the 76,000 tickets. Uh, per Ohio State, approximately 20,000 people had tickets to Saturday's game against Tulsa but did not attend. Um, so the and I, I'll tell you what I'll give them credit for this because they actually they gave the actual yep. as opposed to the sold yep. and and that's a that's a I'm going to tell you what I've heard a lot of people talk on on national podcasts local talk about you know oh they had a hundred thousand at Michigan or they had it they had this listen you talked about Nebraska yesterday they're announcing sold I assure you mm-hmm. so that's season tickets. Yeah. They're not talking about the people who go through the turnstiles, right? So I give credit to Ohio State for being honest about tickets scanned, right? Yep. Yep. As opposed to tickets sold. Because tickets sold is all that matters. It's all that matters. So from that standpoint, the attendance is 96,540. If if they would have announced 96,540, nobody bats an eye at that. Yep. That's fine. 96,000? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. 
330 kick, Tulsa, yeah, that's fine. 96,000. It's not great, but it's fine. You know? But 76 yep. is an attention getter. But they sold 96. So yep. so that's it's a good job out of them for, for doing the announced, and then you get the clarification on it. And honestly, I feel a little better about that. Not that I'm telling you guys how to spend your money or not, but the 76 was pretty alarming. They are doing something um, that I've never received from Ohio State. Um, I got an email yesterday saying, hey, former football alumni, claim your two complimentary tickets to the Akron game. Wow. Never received that since I left here for any game. I've gotten, for a few years there, I got free tickets. And by free is because I was trying to come back for one game during a bye week, right? So it was yeah. like two tickets. But like even when we had the Hall of Fame celebration, you got four complimentary tickets, and for the rest of the family, you're paying. And that game was yeah. against Rutgers, you know? Yeah. Like, I only need like eight or ten tickets. Um, We're going to need a check, threes. But <laughs> they did get a check. It was actually, it wasn't even a check. It was a credit card authorization form, um, which is fine. But I'm saying, like, right. the point isn't the fact that I had to pay for tickets. That's absolutely fine. Like, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a business. The point is, is that we're at a place now with this game yeah. to where they're sending out football alumni complimentary tickets, Yeah, trying to put people in. Our, our babysitter's a student and said that they actually stopped checking tickets at all for students and just started letting students in. Like They didn't even even scanning. They just said, come on in last week. She said, Did I never, had, again I never had anything scanned. Like They're like, you're a student, yeah. here's your buck ID, go in. What? Yeah. You want to see? No, go. We Don't worry, people. you're fine. There's yeah. plenty of room up there. And yes. that'll be the case this week, too. Um, yep. so that'll be the challenge for Ryan day is how to, I think the night will help him. I think night game helps him. I think the lights come on and you almost, that's a whole set of juice that, mm-hmm. that you otherwise don't have. So if this were yeah. noon, I think it would be brutal. Um, I know that he prefers noon games. I prefer noon games in terms of watching them. I don't like waiting all the way to seven thirty to watch a game, especially if it's one like this, although I'll look forward to your call. But at the same time, the lights will help a little bit with that. Uh, you'll hear from Coach Day here in about 15 minutes. It's a first Friday. I'm in a great mood because fall is here. Fall, yeah. I mean, it's here. You look at the extended. We're in fall now. Cool yeah, nights. Baby. That well, there's, there's one stat I'll say for three things that might not put you in a great mood. But the weather, I right think the, the weather gates. and the cool down makes you makes you happy. But I'll I'll okay. save that teaser for three things. Oh gosh. Okay. All right. So we got that. Uh, Elvisburg's Lincoln's got paid. John Davidson. Yeah, he did. Uh, with some interesting comments, we will get to that as well. Uh, have a little fun. Oh, it's a Hey Guys first Friday. Ooh. So get your Hey Guys questions into chops. Hashtag Hey Guys at BLS nine seven one or at nine seven one BLS, whichever one it is. Which one is it? Chops? Is it BLS nine seven one or nine seven one BLS? Nine seven one BLS. All right, there you go. Good job out of you. So get those into Chopper. Uh, we'll do those at eleven. We're off and running on a first Friday miracle. Bishop and Lauren Itis right here in the fan. We are everywhere on your radio, online, the fan app, Alexa, and behind you in your car right now. Too creepy? Sorry. The fan, Ohio sports destination. They meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. My friends, the mortgage rates, they're plummeting. They're the lows of the year right now. In fact, your home value is at the high of the year. You can take advantage of this unique situation with my friends at Neighborhood Lender. You can refinance now with Neighborhood Lender, pay zero closing costs, even skip the next one or two house payments altogether. They do it 
at Neighborhood Lender. They make refinancing easy. It's an all-digital, super-fast platform. There's no paperwork, no junk fees, no Big Bay Castle. You can refinance right now. You can save the rate of your lifetime. You can lower your house payment. There are no closing costs. Or you can refinance, get cash out of your home's equity. People are getting forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 out of their home for themselves. Pay off debt. Reinvest it in your property. You need to act now, though. Get a better loan. Get cash out. Lower your payment. Pay zero closing costs. Skip your next house payment altogether. Call my friends at Neighborhood Lender. 614-882-LOAN. 614-882-LOAN. NeighborhoodLender.com. Equal housing lender. NMLS 69349. Not all loans apply for no closing cost. Option and subject to lender approval. Elvis Mers Lincolns was paid. Five years, 26, $27 million, uh, on the deal for Elvis. I guess we know who the goalie is. Mm-hmm. That's the end of that. Yeah, I guess we know who the yeah, who they believe in. Um, <laughs> That's which is look. I mean, two years ago, I remember we'd have Porty on. Guy's a rock star. Yeah, remember we'd get all that. You know. Yep. So last year was kind of off, but two years ago, that's what he was. Yep. And that's what he needs to be. Yep. Right. Is the future yep. the position? You know, for the franchise. Um. And and certainly he has that talent. Um. Obviously, the well, some of the stuff that happened in in the playoffs. I think Corpy's run in the. In the uh, hard to believe that was two years ago now, or no? It was a, it was a year ago, but it was two hockey seasons ago. The bubble uh, playoffs uh, where Corpy was just unbelievable kind of changed some of that stuff. But uh, that's where you're at. John Davidson is back. Yep. So he was available yesterday, and he is again the face of the franchise. So I want to see, I want to play a couple of bites from from JD. Let's start with this one where he uh, talks about what he's been focusing on since he got back. You know, we, Josh Flynn helps with the contracts. We've been going through those situations. We've been analyzing the Cleveland Club. We've, of course, uh, a lot of the time, frankly, has been sent with our, spent with our group trying to get the, uh, the whole protocol and people into the country from around the world with a world of travel that's different right now, all those situations. Hockey-wise, we've had some great discussions. You know, I got here that, that we went through the draft. We're... we're real happy with what happened at the draft so it's been a little bit of everything it hasn't been a typical summer where you work till the middle of july and take six weeks off it just hasn't happened which is good which is good because we had enough time off uh trying to be careful with the whole covid situation but i i just uh we've had our fingers into everything we're doing a major renovation on our locker room things along those lines where a lot of people put their a lot of good, solid, hard work into this thing. So there's, there's just a lot of things happening, a lot of good things, and now it's time to get back to work. Do you think J.D. would be, would have been back? I mean, he's really the perfect face, right, because ownership yeah. isn't crazy about being out front, so he's the perfect face. Um, but this is a role that John Tortorella had. Mm-hmm. You know, he served as head coach and face of the franchise. Yeah. Um, and now J.D. comes back, and now J.D. is is in that role. Um, I don't think anyone had any ill will from him leaving when he left. He went home. I mean, he's a yeah. Rangers legend. Yeah. Um, it didn't they work. They did him wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did do him wrong. And yep. so he comes back. And this is what he was hired for initially, was to build it once right from the studs. Yeah. And that's where they're at now. Yep. It's going to require patience of you yep. and the fan base, a lot mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's kind of the reality of where you are. But I think that this fan base, you know, twenty some odd years in, I think it's smart enough to know yep. that this is required. And that's something I don't know that you could have done ten years ago. But I think you can do it now, and we'll see. Yep. Yeah, I think um, it, it gives you a direction. I'm interested to see how this plays out with Corpy, um, because look, they're competitors, right? And you kind of wish. 
I wonder if they sought a trade before they announced this extension for Corpusalo because you think that right now his stock just went down, right? Because the Blue Jackets showed their hand. I think it's on, fair. It's a good point out of you, you and know, I think it's who they believed to, in. I think um, it's fair to say that 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 situation was not handled the best. Because you have to think. I mean, we thought. I mean, we thought this literally. Last going into last season, the biggest thing with the Jackets was you're going to trade one of the goaltenders and get yeah. something back for him, right? We got two dudes. We got a couple dudes. If you look at the prospects and all of that, I mean, there's belief that we have three or four. Um, and obviously, the the, the tragedy um, yeah. that that has happened. We we still have prospects as well. Um, you know, in in the in the waiting. Um, so it's a position of strength, top down. I think in the organization, but once you announce this extension, every NHL team goes, "Well, pff, they're not keeping Corpy," you know. So right. do we really are we really desperate to offer a ton? I just think it dropped his trade value. Um, Good point. And yeah. look, as a competitor, you're not very. I mean, he can be. Here's the thing about sports that's so amazing: Corpy can be both excited for Elvis. Yet the competitor in him upset that the organization is choosing to go this route and want to go elsewhere. Like those can be mutually exclusive. It's why you see on the sidelines of a Browns game, um, who was it? Anthony Walker come on the field and help celebrate first. You know, for another linebacker making a play when he's like, yeah. That's part of the. That's part of the thing. Like I've told the story. Like celebrating Alec Ogletree's success, although you know it's probably going to affect your job status. Right in the future, it's it's just a part of sports that's unique. Um, so it's been it's been interesting. Um, it's been very interesting. But I, I think that it's it'll be it'll be as as training camp you know gets going and as preseason starts up and all those things, it'll be definitely noteworthy to see what what's going to happen with with uh, Jonas. Yeah, for sure. And you, you could say that obviously you didn't trade when the value was. And that, that probably had to do with you were trying to do two things. You were trying to build for the future, yeah. but you also thought you had a contender. And mm-hmm. and that's something that I think we can – you know, you don't have a contender now. You don't. Yep. You have a team that's going to be – tried to be built once the right way, and it's going to be – J.D. says, you know, we love the draft. You better. Yep. Those guys got to be dudes. And that's that's the thing that uh, – if this is going to work, that's really the only way There is a sense it, of optimism, is, is that they you did. know, and I think that's what they're supposed to do, right? Because you, you're, not, you're not ever – no front office is going to come out there and start pushing pessimism and saying, you know, hey, 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 no, this is going to be a while. Fans don't even show up for two years, right? No, like so you have to try to measure how much is legitimate optimism about the direction this year and going forward and how yeah. much is rhetoric to try to make sure people show up to Nationwide. I got this from Tony on social. He wants you to know, um, keep an eye on Billy Beaver. He saw uh, on the news a 73-year-old was attacked by a rabid beaver. By a rabid beaver? Well, now, see, now what you're going to make me do is, see, I would say I'd take the rots with me, but the rots are too lazy now. I mean, my male rot, October 5th, turns 12. My female, I mean, Jeez, I'm, what a I'm run. lucky. I know. I'm lucky that my female ever gets down a pair of stairs. I mean, if she's on wood... I gotta come down there and do a nice Romanian deadlift to try to lift her back legs up. That's how bad her hips are. So, I'm at a point. Um, I'm at a point now where, you know, the only chance I have is the the Maltese Yorkie combos. You know, sprinting and barking really loud to try to scare Bill the Beaver. But if they ever squared off, my Morkies are done. No joke. We were out They're at the done. barn. Yeah. We were at the barn last week, walking around the backyard, 
backyard. There is no backyard. It's, it's 20. Anyway, um, walking around part of the play, and I see like two t- turkey vultures starting to circle really close. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get the little dogs inside. How about we get them in the barn? Because I don't think this is going to go well for them. They're the size of a damn rabbit. So I don't think they're going to last very long. Right. They won't go well. The hawk for sure. Uh, the, the, the Hawk for sure will, will come for those guys. There's no question. Um, all right, you're going to hear from uh, Coach Day up next. He addressed the quarterback issue. We talked yesterday about CJ and the shoulder. Um, we'll, we'll hear from Coach Day on, on playing the backup quarterbacks and what that could look like this weekend against Akron. That's coming up next. Bishop and Laura Knight is right here on The Fan. We know you're listening to The Fan on Saturday, and now you have no reason not to listen on Sunday. Your Central Ohio home for the Browns. The Fan. It's Bishop and Laurenitis's What's Up? What's up, man? So Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. Ryan Day in his press conference yesterday addressing the quarterbacks. Here is here are his thoughts on uh, the backups and perhaps getting some time against Akron. No, I don't feel pressure. I think that you know we'll, we'll look to see if we can we can possibly get that done this week though. If if it works out, you know, again. A lot of it has to do with the, the week of preparation. You know, it, it really is week to week, and so you know we start that preparation on Sunday after we get off the field. Uh, we wipe wipe the uh, the previous week clean, then we go from there. So uh, it's all about how these guys prepare and how they practice. But you know, if, if the opportunity presents itself, then, then we'd like to do that this week. Here is uh, he was also asked about uh, CJ and and getting reps and trying to find a rhythm. Here's Coach Day on that. Yeah, and, and if it works out, we'll do it, like, you know, like like I said. But, you know, CJ gets in there. You know, we also want to get him to find a rhythm as well and kind of get that the execution of the offense. I mean, that's the number one goal is to is to make sure that we're executing at a high level and finding that rhythm. You know, I, I don't think we found that quite yet. And uh, you know, we're going to get that done here this week and, and some things that we're trying to address in practice, uh, how we're teaching, you know, all the, looking at all those things. But at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to find. Um and again, if, if something presents itself or we can get other guys in the game, we certainly want to do that. A couple things on this. I know this is something the fan base uh, certainly talks about a lot. Uh, number one, very, very clear that Coach Dave feels strongly that the best chance for this team to win football games is with C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. And has felt that way for quite a while. That's why he's starting. Uh, right? I mean, they, yeah. you know, it, that's why he's starting, man. Like, yeah. There's nothing else to read into it other than that. Like, They went through spring. They went through fall. They believe in him. They made the decision with him. He's been the number one guy for a long time. There's probably some rep splitting that happened in spring and maybe very early in camp, but for the most part, he's been getting the number one reps for a very, very long time. If you go back to even uh, Chris Olave coming back, I, I think it's very, very logical to draw a straight line between him coming back and the belief that C.J. Stroud would be able to keep the offensive output out the way that Chris Olave expected so that he yeah. could have a nice year. Um, you know, because he was draft eligible a year from now, so a year ago rather. So I think all of those things are true. It can also be true that this is an incredibly delicate spot, man. Yeah, it's incredibly delicate. It's a loaded room, and there are egos, and there are you can't lie to the team stuff, and there are. I mean, we got a kid who should be in high school who inked a one point six million dollar endorsement deal. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, running scout team. That's right. You know, so the, the, it is a um, – because, look, he's supposed to be a high school senior, so I shouldn't shock anybody. Um, I think people see the NIL stuff. Uh, and, and, look, I hope we see – I hope we get to a point where we see him on Saturday. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of fascinated to see if, like, the, the 
Like when you start, I'm I'm adding so many players on my board. Usually, I get I my, my boards are. are my boards are made for deep. me from a guy Tony Britt, who you know he'll put the guys that have been playing and starting right in the backups, and then you know when games like this, you go deeper. And so you know my board has three quarterbacks. You know it has CJ, has Kyle, has Jack, and so I I'm typing up on my iPad you know as we speak. Not only do I have um, Quinn Ewers, obviously, that you're going to throw in there. That's the obvious one. But what about Jager LaRoe? You know, what about <laughs> um, other guys on right. this roster that wouldn't be, uh, like JP? You know, so there are players that you're throwing on here. Um, I even got our guy, you know, Zach Herbstreet on the board. You know, you never know who's going to show up. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea is Don't you go through the roster. The history on him. Huh? Yeah. You probably know his so, family. History. So you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you go through the, you know your board and you figure it out. I'm just fascinated. Like, if the game gets to a point where it is fourth quarter and it is so big, do you see Quinn? Well, I got how's Ryan? These are the little things that I will follow. Like the fan base won't think about. It, but do you I'm, see I'm Quinn? Curious do, about that too. Do you reward Jager LaRoe, the walk-ons that have been there for multiple years that haven't seen a game rep? Do you throw them in knowing that Quinn will be here another three years? You know, so or two years at least. Maybe. It's just fascinating. Everything's fascinating. And, and he, here's why you said it's delicate, Bo. You, I'm sure deep down Ryan Day, there's conflicting feelings in his, in his gut. He wants to, he obviously recognizes that this would be a week if he needs to rest C.J. Stroud to rest him. He sees that. Mm-hmm. What's the problem with that? He also probably knows C.J. Stroud is not chest out, flying high, bulletproof with his confidence right now. He understands, and he has even acknowledged that people expect more from him. And he says, "I believe I'm still a good player. I just need—I have a lot of football to learn." So he's acknowledging that he even hears the noise around Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. All these kids do—they're not off social media, and they won't get yeah, off social media. On, it's on. part of their life. It's yeah. just—we're not going to be able to do that. So they need to learn how to handle it. The other thing is, if Kyle goes out and plays well, while the team might know CJ is their starter. Right, they also know Kyle is a competitor and a dude as well, and he doesn't want it to become where the fan base, not the locker room. I think the locker room will ride with either one. Right, I honestly think that like the locker yeah. room disrespects hard work, but they know CJ has named the starter. He's their dude. But out here, and I'm not even saying it's you and I. I'm saying it's a lot of the beat writers. It's the people who would watch the game on ESPN that don't know the intricacies of the quarterback competition. All of a sudden, Kyle McCord throws for 375 and three touchdowns. And next thing you know, you have Desmond Howard saying, I think they need to go with that guy. It's, you know, and now all of a sudden you have a, a thing that these players are asking, who do you think should start? And, and, and really when Ryan just wants to say, it's not a competition. CJ's our guy if he's healthy. We want, so these, I think these are all the things that he is weighing. You know, Because um, the last thing he wants is now guys in the locker room having a debate about who should be playing at QB. Like He's made his choice. His choice is CJ Strout. He is yeah. very young. He's inexperienced. And he needs, but he also needs to get reps. I think there's also part of him that wants to play him because he wants to see CJ get in rhythm, throw for 300, four touchdowns and a half, and say, "Hey, good day's work. Now sit down." Right? So <laughs> there's all these things that I'll he's give weighing. You the script. This is throughout a week of practice. You, you absolutely. I think I think you factor all of it in. This is what this is the uh, this is the perfect script for Ryan Day based on just what I've heard him say and, and kind of what you're hearing and what you know. CJ Stroud starts. He plays two series. He goes six to seven for 117 yards and two scores, and he's done. Yeah. Kyle McCord comes in and plays until halfway through the third quarter. Jack Miller finishes the game. Yep. That's the perfect script for Ryan yep. Day. Yep. That's the script. That's what he hopes he can follow. 
No question. Um, now, is he going to be able to, and is that the smart thing to do with C.J. Scholler? That's something that's going to play out over the course of this week, and we'll find out over the weekend if, if that's the way that it looks. Um, we're going to switch gears to a little Browns. Our good buddy Jake Trotter able to make a little time for us. He will join us coming up next on that front. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year, given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Hi, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Let's head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our great friend Jake Trotter, Cubs of Browns for ESPN. Jake, two games in. uh, Let's go over a couple of things. Again, you're holding the Browns to a high standard because you feel like it's a contender. So let's go at some of the warts, and let's start with the turnovers. Uh, Just bad luck, or two games in, do we have a trend here? Yeah, I think it's bad luck. You know, particularly the interceptions. I mean, in the opener, Bo, Baker Mayfield gets clipped from behind as he's trying to throw the ball away and, you know, it gets picked off, and they were, they were kind of in a desperation mo- mode at that point anyway. You know, week two, you're playing a rookie, uh, you know, Anthony Schwartz, because you don't have Jarvis Landry. You've got a lot of inexperience at receiver, and, you know, he just doesn't finish the route, and so that, that pass gets picked off as well. I mean, Nick, Nick Chubb doesn't fumble very often. He fumbled in the opener. What, what I feel like I'm – you know, the, the Jamie Gillen, uh, right. uh, you know, the punter dropping the ball, you would hope that that, you know, is a one-off. So I, I think right now I, I'm not going to call it a trend. Um, maybe a little bit of a red flag if it continues because you're not going to win in the NFL if you're losing the turnover margin week after week. But I, after two games, it's too small of a sample size, and I think the turnovers themselves are easily explained away as well. Yeah, Jake, I feel like there needs to be like another category. Look, I'm sure quarterbacks have said this for decades, but there needs to be another category of like when the ball is tipped or deflected, like interceptions over there, when a receiver stops running a route. There are certain things that 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 six can't come um, really control. I'm wondering, Jake, and I told people this. I said, look, I had an expectation when they played the Texans that a really good championship team with culture will go out there and cover. Now, Jarvis gets hurt, right, really early in the game, and it kind of dawned on me, Stefanski has not had a game plan yet with the surprise of OBJ not being active week one, Jarvis getting hurt early in week two. It seems like he's had to adjust his game plan on the fly and kind of try to get stuff done on a whim. You know, and he's one of the most prepared people. I'm impressed by that. What's your take on Stefanski's ability to adjust with, I mean, you're talking about their two best wide receivers in back-to-back weeks that he assumed would have big roles, um, you know, early on, not having any role at all within the game plan, yet still being able to be productive. Yeah, I mean, Kevin has been unwavering since he's taken over the job. I mean, you go back to the virtual offseason last year where they're trying to install their schemes on the fly, and they had all kinds of COVID-19 adversity last year, you know, losing key players. Kevin did out himself. Uh, in the playoff game. So I think adjusting the, the game plan on the fly is something that he's certainly capable of doing and shown that he's capable of doing uh, in the past. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd like to have all your guys out there, but everybody knows you're not. that's not going to be the case. I mean, this is the NFL. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys that are going to be in and out of the lineup. And so, you know, the consistency is him and his play calling. And, and I don't think that that's going to be a problem for them, you know, no matter what kind of, personnel adversity they face this year 
um, you know, whether it's, you know, losing a, a couple of receivers for a game or, uh, you know, maybe you're down a tight end. I mean, I think that they have shown that they can overcome any of that. Jake, let's go to the defensive side where obviously the entire offseason was about the defense and, and making it making it better, and it, it will be better. And you saw Grant Delpit was just a missile in the game on Sunday and, and kind of what he can bring to the table. Um, but through two games, and especially last week, are they getting the push that you think they should get up front? Getting home uh, has been something that hasn't happened at the rate I think a lot of people thought when you add Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, a former first-round pick, although the production wasn't necessarily there, and even Malik McDowell, who was a star at camp, you thought you'd get a consistent push. And then conversely, and adding to it maybe, some miscommunication stuff on the back end maybe not being where it, where it was. What do you make of what Joe Wood's defense has done early? Yeah, I'm not worried about the pass rush. I mean, they do only have three sacks. Uh, that ranks 20th in the league right now. But if you, you you dive deeper into the numbers, they're fifth in the league in pass rush win rate, which essentially is you know how quickly you're getting off your blocks in the passing game relative to other defenses in the NFL. So they're one of the best uh, so far. So I I think that you know the num the, the the production in terms of sacks and pressures. I think that's a combination of you know small sample size, right? We've only only seen two games. And then, you know, they face some pretty elusive quarterbacks. I mean, you're not going to face Patrick Mahomes and the things that he can do every week. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, one of the best things he's able to do is get outside the pocket and make plays happen. So I, I think if they keep up that pass rush win rate, uh, you know, a top five pass rush win rate, that they're going to they're gonna have plenty of sacks. And that's going to, you know, create turnovers. That's going to, uh, you know, force the offense in the face. It's going to help everybody you know, from the linebackers in the secondary as well. And in the secondary being healthy again, uh, I think is going to help too. You know, their, their ability now to play those big dime and big nickel packages with three safeties and Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit and, and John Johnson the III. Um, and, and here's the other thing, too, with the defense. I mean, it, it was always going to take some time for this unit to coalesce. And they have eight new starters defensively. Some of their key backups are new as well. Uh, you know, think back to the offense last year and how long it took them uh, to really hit their stride. I could see something similarly happen, happening with the defense this year. And so by no means is it time to panic about the way that unit that unit has performed. Jake, a lot of hype throughout training camp about Donovan Peoples-Jones. I, I believe I read correctly only one target in each week. Um, is he a guy that they're going to need to really elevate his game as far as production with Jarvis and, and then obviously OBJ's questionable status? Uh, up in the air going forward for the next few weeks. Yeah, I think I mean I I think the guy to watch is Richard Higgins. Okay. You know, we always forget about Higgins this time of the year. Um, you know, he's for whatever reason it doesn't seem like he ever gets on the field in the month of September, and then there's an injury, uh, and he steps in and produces. I mean, he's always had that chemistry and rapport with Baker Mayfield, and you know, maybe not the greatest practice player in the world. I, I think that maybe hinders him a little bit in terms of where he is on the depth chart to begin every season. But once he gets an opportunity, he just seems to make the most of it. So now that, you know, Jarvis is out, you know, your possession receiver type, uh, I could see Higgins stepping in and, and really helping out, uh, you know, for the, for the weeks that Jarvis is out. Jake, I'll uh, get you out of here on this one. Grant Delpa, did he, did he uh, kind of give it up on Monday with Odell in the return? Yeah, I mean, there's been multiple uh, multiple hits. Uh, you, you know, a lot of cryptic tweets, a lot of cryptic uh, Instagram posts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is trending in that direction. But 
one thing I, I have learned with Odell, until it's official, you just never can know for sure. So uh, I think we could get uh, some more clarity about whether Odell is playing here in the next couple of hours when uh, Kevin Stefanski talks. Remember last week he ruled Odell out for the week. Uh, if he doesn't do that today or if he announces he's playing, obviously, you know, it'll be much different. So uh, I think I think there's a decent chance that Odell's debut could come Sunday versus Chicago. It certainly does feel that way. Jake, appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks for giving us a little bit of it today. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, that's our great friend Jake Trotter. Covers the Browns. The very best at it, at ESPN, and a great friend of the program. We'll do a little NFL higher or lower coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis is right here on The Fan. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join the fans at TV and the Ohio Education Association. We honor classroom heroes. In these times, teachers and educators need the support and recognition more than ever. You can nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes for that. All right, time for a little NFL higher or lower. Hit it, Chopper. All right, we're rolling with the ESPN Power Rankings right now. The Chiefs, they fell to number three following their loss to the Ravens. Higher or lower? So, I think that before... The, By the, the thing way, I just have to say that my top three is the same as these top three. Yeah. But I digress. I would have the same as, as you. I would have the order a little different. Um, but but the, what I would say is what you have to think about when you're doing a poll, and it, whether this, this is from you do, you do a college football poll or any poll you do, do you have a poll mentality? So poll mentality is you stay where you're at or you go up as long as you win. The other, the opposite of that would be a week-to-week mentality. So what did you do this week? How good are you this week? So the idea that Kansas City is three, I'm fine with. Um, I would have them a little higher based on the fact that they tur- they had two really fluky turnovers. And and other than that, you know, it's Pat Mahomes is not throwing that interception again. Clyde Edwards Alaire fumbled on in a pretty innocuous way. Otherwise they're two and oh and they're probably number one in this power bowl. Um, so I'm fine where they are. I, I could have them be a little higher because I think they're the most dangerous team in football. So I would maybe go a little higher with them, maybe in the two hole. I'm perfectly fine with this order. Um, I think they were listening to the show. Um, I think they listened to my advice when we did it yesterday, top three, and I think that they copied. (laughs) The Ravens are now ninth, just one spot up, higher or lower. So this is what bothers me, okay? (laughs) You know where I'm going with this, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know exactly who 10 is. And if 10 beat 9 and is 2-0... I don't understand how you can put that team at nine above ten. Yeah. What am I missing? So it's also an incredible difference in narrative if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw that fumble. If and I, you can't play this the if game, right? I I get it. What happened on the field happened. Um, but you think about those two interceptions. It does speak to Baltimore's stick to itness yeah. that they stuck to it, and because he throws the two picks early. And you're going, oh, my gosh, here we go again. But they didn't. They stuck it out. They gutted it out. It meant a lot to them. If they would have lost that game, it could have sent them into a bit of a spiral. And they've got great culture there, obviously. Um, But I do wonder, because they had so much riding on that game, it felt like they needed to win the game uh, more than than Kansas City. Very similar. I think any time you play Kansas City, that's almost the case, right? Where Mm -hmm. if you're an AFC team and you fancy yourself a contender, you really need to beat them. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily... 
before you can beat them in the playoffs, you just got to prove you can beat them. Yep. And and so I th- I think that's something that's important. I'm with you on what you say, but I also kind of think that I trust Baltimore more than Vegas. So they it's have a culture. little bit tricky. They have displayed culture, that's yeah, for sure. And there's, there's a little bit of history here. And it's, you know, like, for example, I trust Green Bay more than I trust the Raiders. And they're a spot below them. So I think that's a little tricky. I think Baltimore is is probably right around where they should be in this. Somewhere between. And it's pretty jumbled, honestly. From the first three or the first three. And then from four to 11, four to 10, you can yeah. kind of mix it up however you want. Let's just jump to that 10 spot. The Raiders are up nine spots to number 10 from 19th last week. Higher or lower? Well, I think there's probably some belief. Rouse, this is you. My no, no, it's okay. Go ahead. I was just saying there's probably some belief that, you know, after week one, felt a little fluky. Um, you know, unbelievable comeback. And then all of a sudden you have that display. Look, they won at Pittsburgh. You know, they went on the road and beat the Steelers in their own house early in the season. Like, this isn't like late, Ben's arm is sore, now I guess it's a peck. Um, you know, this isn't that. This is, you you established yourself against the Steelers, who came back in very Steeler-like fashion against the Bills. So, yeah, I think there's kind of like a surprise, like, oh, gosh, maybe we're underestimating this. Now, yeah. it wouldn't surprise anybody in league circles if the Raiders like lost a couple in a row that they weren't supposed to, right? So yeah. there is this, still this trepidation to really fully invest in them. But I'm totally okay with them jumping up. I'll be honest. I think they should probably rank higher based on what they've done. They've accomplished more in the first two weeks than Arizona has. Mm-hmm. I mean, compare who they've beaten. To who, Arizona, they should be one and one, right? I mean, yep. they beat the Ravens and the Steelers. I had them 0-2. And they're 2-0. and So they beat the Ravens and the Steelers. Is their resume more impressive than the Browns losing a close one to the Chiefs and beating a Houston team without Tyrod Taylor sure. and yeah, they won Nico the Collins? Like People forget Nico Collins went out early in that game. He had a yeah. reception, boom, hurt, IR. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you there. Uh, I'm fine with their app. I think Cleveland's a better football team than Vegas, but their resume, you know, yeah. is impressive. The Dolphins are number 20, down from 15th, higher or lower? This is hard because, I, you know, I have the same, the same exact thing. They're a spot behind New England who they beat the week before. Um, but with Tua and the way they look, I mean, they looked, once Tua went down, they looked just bad. So I don't, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, that's one organization, though, that I cannot get a feel for. I really can't. I just... Had some so games they look really good. Some you games know. they look so bad. Yeah. I mean, they. it seems like ownership is really invested. They've fixed the stadium, some of the stadium concerns. They've done what they could there. Um, to me, it should be an absolute destination, but they've had so many starts and stops over the years with uh, different administrations that it feels like they can't ever get anything going uh, down there. They've had some ba- I mean, this is also the curse of Adam Gase, yeah. right? Every place he leaves, he leaves in ruins. It's a remarkable thing uh, that he got a second shot after after what he did down in Miami. They're not better than Philly. I don't think they're better than Philly, so no. I would I would have them lower. Um, I don't know that they're. I mean, are they better than the Bears? I mean, they should probably be a little lower than where they are. The Texans moved up after a loss to number twenty-seven, higher or lower. So, so you look at all the teams below them. Yeah, right? go. 
Yeah. Look at who's below. Who are you going to yeah. put him behind? Yeah. None. So I'm not sure it's as much as their um, competence because, look, I, I think that you could see them start to slip down because Tyrod's out. Um, but like you said, they have vets. They have surprised me. They've been probably one of the, the bigger surprises to me of this young season is their ability with the kind of mashed up roster that they have to be uh, to get the win week one, and then also to get a really they were they were fighting. They were right in it, right in it until Tyrod goes out and you lose Nico Collins, and obviously they they don't have any depth to lose people offensively. They're kind of a team, and I heard somebody say this. I wish I could remember so I could cite them, but rest assured I am absolutely plagiarizing this. I heard somebody (laughs) say this about them, and it really struck me as accurate. They are a team that was built as if you were the Tom Brady New England Patriots and you were trying to fill the roster with hungry veterans. Yeah. And and I thought, boy, that's it. If you think about Terrence Mitchell, Christian Kirksey, two former Browns that are pros, and good Monty Mitchell's a good player at corner. So they get those two guys. Those guys are pros. You think about Mark Ingram, everybody would want Mark Ingram on on their team because he's a pro. Brandon Cooks, everybody would want him on his team. Everybody would want Tyrod Taylor as their backup quarterback. Yep. Right? So they have this team of guys who who are pros, and I think we miss that early in the season. Now, beyond that, and if those injuries occur, and what is the intestinal fortitude of those players over the course of a long season, eventually – and it, honestly, this could keep them from having the number one pick because they have too many guys who are pros. Yeah. Um, so it, it could end up being their curse. But it, something that we missed early in the season with them is that they were going to come out prepared and ready, and they've done that um, because they would have that would have went right down to the wire if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get hurt. I'm convinced. Yep. yep. So that's a that that's a professional football team is what Houston is. The team that beat Houston, the Browns, they fell from sixth to eighth, higher or lower. Well, the tricky thing here is the Browns, and I, I agree with Jake's assessment, like the, the turnovers aren't a red flag because you can go over all of them and you say to yourself, all right, punter drops the ball. You know, that can't happen. And then not only does he drop it, but he doesn't punt it. He tries running with it. That can't happen. Nick Chubb with a fumble. Baker on the last play, kind of desperation mode, gets his leg pulled out from under him. You've got uh, a, a rookie receiver who doesn't run the, the route the way that he's supposed to leads to a, the second Baker pick. Um, you're talk, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he had two feet down, and it was a hat on the ball that created the fumble mm-hmm. on that one. So it's fluky. But the turnovers, they're in the top five of the NFL in turnovers. I think the bigger thing is, on the back end, there's some confusion because they're not good on third down, and I thought they would be good on third down. So I think, I think that's the point of confusion and a little bit of, huh, I wonder what's going on there. I'm fine with where they are. Um, I think they are judged more harshly, though, than, for example, Buffalo, who, if, if you go look at what Josh Allen's done early this season, remember all the completion percentage stuff he did a year ago? They're not quite in sync offensively in Buffalo. Yeah. They're not. So I, yeah. I think Buffalo's graded much more leniently than Cleveland, and I think I think Cleveland's actually has been the more impressive team. I think they're better than Seattle, too, and they got Seattle sixth on this list. I think there's one thing that is why those teams get a little bit more uh, lenient grading. There's more belief in Russell Wilson than Baker Mayfield across yeah. people voting, and there's more trust in Josh Allen. Fair. Um, and I think that's really that's simply it. I think that's it. Um and it's not even Baker's fault. I just think it's 
Josh Allen has been very likable. He had an explosive year last year, right? You've seen a lot of highlights out of him. MVP conversation, obviously, Russell. And Baker's polarizing. Like, I don't think we'll ever have a point in, in Baker's career. And I'm not, this is not fair. But will we ever have a point, like, even if Baker goes out there and keeps ripping it, just his personality in general is going to have some media members just not even put him in a certain category because he's polarizing. Yeah. And I think that's, like I said, it's unfair, but it's reality. I mean, you can't tell, you can't convince me that they're not better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals are exciting and flashy, but it's like saying Oklahoma's going to be a top four team. Like, well, no, yeah. Oklahoma's not. They're not. How many people do you think would guess Josh Allen's completion percentage for two games? Because they they were impressive in week two, and so I think you you see the score and you think you, most people didn't watch that game, right? Buffalo and Miami, yep. they didn't watch it, so they seem, oh, he must have been great. He's completing 56% of his passes. Right. Just kind of reverting back to the... He's reverting back. So it's early. Like, I'm not... It's not a red flag, but Baker was 90% completions. Yeah. In the game against Houston. Yeah. Two more for you. The Carolina Panthers moved up eight spots from 23 to 15. Higher or lower? I mean... You had this. So you can take the lead. You had the Panthers. Well... I, I think there's the Saints. Yeah, I did. And I think there's a couple of things for that you have to remember here. Number one, Matt Rule is a bit of a culture tornado, right? Yeah, he is. Like people follow him. They had and a plan. He can coach it. He can coach it and they have a plan. And the plan was we're gonna get our defense right. And so they spent the whole first draft. They didn't even draft an offensive player, right? Yep. They would have I'm convinced of this. They would have had Deshaun Watson if Deshaun Watson didn't get in trouble. They would have mm. him right now. Yep. So then they had to pivot. And they take Darnold. And you say, boy, what's left here? Well, Dar- people don't realize how young Darnold is. I think he's like 24. Yep. He's a young dude, right? So now you've got Darnold, who's playing at a good rate. they got a lot of weapons. They're really sound defensively. And who's calling the plays for Sam Darnold? Joe Brady. Mm. Mm. So it's it's a really nice mix. I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't either. They, they got culture. they got belief. And, I, and I'm look, I'm a fan of Sam Darnold because this is a total situation where the kid's career, his mental state, everything could have been gone because of yeah. a crappy situation in New York. And getting mono. Remember he got mono and had to, I mean, just crappy. And last one for you. The Bengals fell a spot to 25th, higher or lower. <sighs> right, same. I'm fine. I mean, honestly, I'm fine with it. They're right below Chicago, so good job out of them. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm good. The row line, they got issues. We've talked about them. They got issues. But I'm okay with where they're at. This line from our great friend of the program, Ben Baby, is an important one. Jamar Chase averaging 18.8 air yards per target. Uh, that's that's why they drafted him. Yep. Because he's somebody you now have to game plan for. Yep. Um, and and you have to be aware of because he can separate on anybody. And he has so what's hard. What's hard so. is that the issues we're talking about and the attention that Panay Sewell had on Monday Night Football. Yeah. You're getting a lot of like, see, the Bengals should have drafted him. But the hard thing is, is like, so then they have we don't know tackle. what it would look like if you had him, and then you don't have Chase on the outside. So it's right. like it's a weird thing. Like it's hindsight is you don't know if in a couple of years you're going to look back and say, oh man, they were. Thank goodness we drafted Chase and not Sewell. Like it's just, it, I hear from so many Bengals fans of like their biggest mistake is they didn't draft Sewell. That's why they're. I'm like I'm not sure. Let's wait. The problem with them is a collapsing pocket from the middle. Yeah, 
They're not right. getting wrecked as much on the outside. The tackle mm-hmm. play's been okay. It's the middle yep. where they're being devastated that they yep. didn't address guard and center is the problem. Yeah, that's that's where they're that's where and that's going to be a problem for them on on on. I mean, every game they play, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, uh, for Cincinnati, and that's what you worry about with Burrow is that pressure coming right at his face and bad habits starting to be developed. Uh, Lane Kiffin follows one player on Instagram. It's fantastic. We'll tell you the story coming up next. Bishop and Loretta's right here on the fan. Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The Fan. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And you guys definitely know if you listen how much I love being a dad to my three beautiful girls. What I don't love is the amount of laundry that we have to do. But my friends at Connecticut told me a crazy stat the other day about one of the benefits of my whole home water treatment system. And I found out that having Connecticut soft water requires me to use only a quarter of the amount of recommended detergent compared to laundry with hard water. One thing that we don't do pods anymore because of that. Because all we got to do is pour the detergent a quarter of them out. I mean, that's, that saves you a ton of money, hundreds of dollars a year, especially when you have a family like we do. I'm not sure Chops, when he washes his clothes, maybe once every month. But for us and our family, we do so much laundry, it saves us a ton of money. So go to KineticalColumbus.com today to set up your free in-home water analysis. I actually have them coming out today to the uh, right at noon to the barn. You know, we got that well water. It smells like straight rotten eggs. And so I'm yep. like, you know what? I, you can bring your test kit. You know, and see what what it looks like. I can tell you, there's a whole lot of strong, uh, probably iron and all that stuff in here. But sure. uh, I just want to be able to to drink some some water out the tap. You know, can I get one of those filters? We'll see what they can do. Oh, they can do it. Yeah, they'll. they'll oh, I know they can do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I have the. They're here about every other month. Is is where we well, are when you have them, you so. know a massive pool, that's right, irrigation that's right. system, well, guest a house, lazy casita. river, lazy river right. around the house. You know, <laughs> a moat, <laughs> all those things. <laughs> Should have a boat in Ohio. Like we had a lazy boot. My guy Steven Jackson around. legit has a moat in Vegas. Like really? Oh gosh, yeah. Well like, Vegas. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's ironic. In Vegas, like why do you need a moat in Vegas? Like you have a gate and then the right. gate's to your place, you have a moat, and so then you need to build like a culvert because the water's fl- like what? It's Vegas. <laughs> and then you gotta have a huge water bill because I'm sure there's a ton of evaporation when it gets super hot. Oh anyway. my gosh, That's yeah. Point. He'd be he's gonna be, be hauling a lot of water uh, at that front. Uh Lane Kiffin Lane Kiffin can coach some football, and Lane Kiffin can recruit some football. He's done a lot of stuff uh, off the field, has been abrasive, and that's led to him. Let, let's remember that this guy was charming enough to be hired by the Raiders and charmed Al Davis, Yep. then Tennessee, mm-hmm. then USC. So that's competence, that's charming, yeah. that's an ability to recruit, that's all those things. And perhaps he finally found his perfect home uh, because charming is one way that you would re- – describe certainly the Ole Miss program and and kind of one of those programs you say boy if they ever it seems like let's remember this folks and Ole Miss is probably you know from your Big Ten comparison for Ole Miss is like Indiana probably somebody like that Ole Miss had the number one recruiting class in the country and during Hugh Freeze's time yep so now they cheated but now it doesn't matter everybody can cheat doesn't matter there is no cheating right so They, they will thrive in this, and Kiffin is the perfect guy to get them to thrive. So to that end, he's had a great week on social. So he has 
Um, he's he's doing the rat poison stuff. He's building up Bama because they play Bama uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, and so he's he's building that up. Um, and and he did a rat poison tweet, and it also became clear that Lane Kiffin follows just one individual on Instagram, <laughs> just one, Arch Manning. So. Arch Manning is a he's the number one quarterback prospect in 2023, um, and is probably. I mean, he's a sure. Th- all those guys are sure things, right? He's a sure yeah. thing as it gets. Uh, I don't know that he has the physical tools of like Quinn uh, or the Trevor Lawrence, um, but I don't think that that will stop him. The other thing about Arch Manning, which is I think significant, is I think it's very likely that he plays all four years. Both of his uncles did. Yeah, and. He, from an from an NIL standpoint, there's nobody in college football that's in college football or about to be in college football that's going to be more marketable than this kid if he chooses to. Yep. I love the people who say name, image, and Arch Manning doesn't need NIL. I'm like, you know what? That's like saying that Tom Brady doesn't want to make more money. Of course, you know, like meet one NFL player. Like, it's just not. It doesn't exist. Do you They're think- all trying to aim for a. That's why. That's why Aaron Rodgers looks at his contract and goes, "Hold on a second. He's making no, no. If he's making that." I get this. Like, if, even though the family has money, Arch. What? Anyway, it just it's it's a, it's a. Lazy do you thing. think? Do you think that Arch Manning, like he's the most important recruit in the history of Ole Miss, at least since his uncle, since Peyton said no and Eli said yes. Now Peyton yeah, said I, no because they were under SEC story. I didn't realize how big of a deal oh, Ole Miss gosh. people gave gave Arch Senior about about Peyton about Peyton. Well, the other Calling thing with a traitor. Peyton, How could oh, you yeah. get your son to come here? Well, they were on probation, though, and that's some and that's something in the book of Manning that they talk about. But I don't know that people realize is Ole Miss was was headed for probation, They've been and on so probation that's a big reason. Many times, right? That's a big reason why Peyton didn't go there. Uh, so Arch is doing a tour of the South. He's going to Texas, mm-hmm. um, so he, he's he's checking them all out. But like, if if Lane Kiffin gets Arch Manning at Ole Miss. That could lead to a recruiting windfall over the next three years that could put them on par with, I don't know, maybe not Georgia, but from an overall talent standpoint, they certainly could be Texas A&M, LSU, in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Te- Speaking of Texas A&M, our guy Greg, Greg McElroy said That's yesterday good. that Penn State would be in the middle of the SEC <sighs> and that they're nowhere near A&M. And Why? What, what makes you say up. that, though? Because I have no idea. The fact did you that he's watch on the A&M SEC struggle and should have lost to Colorado? Yeah. Who, you know what? The Minnesota, Minnesota would be... I think Minnesota's better than Texas A&M, actually. Minnesota's on par with yeah. Alabama, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so is Michigan State. Michigan State... I mean, PJ's rolling his tail off over there. His gopher yeah, tail. He's rolling. You know. There's rivers in the south. Anyway, you know, I just saw that, and it made me... I had to make a note of it, because I was like, this makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Yeah, it's laughable, man. Laughable. All right, uh, Brandon Marcello will join us next, National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Bishop and Laurinaitis is right here on The Fan. An encyclopedic knowledge of sports and other random things you may or may not care about. I think I found my mentor. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. The finest distillation of sports talk in all of Ohio. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time to head out of the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good buddy Brandon Marcello, covers college football for 24-7 sports. Brandon, you know, we started the show on Monday with this, and I wanted you, because uh, obviously a little bit of a sluggish start 
uh, for the Buckeyes out of the gate, including the loss uh, to Oregon in Week 2. Um, and I said, you know what? It's very possible that, that Ohio State is not great this year, but it's also very possible that there isn't a great team. And I kind of came to that conclusion after watching a lot of the games uh, on Saturday and what we've seen through three weeks. I don't see that type of dominance that we've seen in years past. And, and, and Bama is certainly the cream of the crop, but even they aren't quite what they're used to being um, in, in terms, but that still might be good enough for them. What do you make of that? Yeah, I agree there. I mean, after week one, I, I wrote about uh, how, uh, actually, my, I think my headline was, where are the elite teams? And outside of Alabama at the time, I didn't see anybody else. And then this past weekend, we saw that Alabama's not invincible, even though I think Florida had a tremendous game plan and made amazing adjustments against them in the in the second half particularly but i think what we're seeing this year is two 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 things one uh these super the super seniors have kind of leveled the playing field a little bit with the experience factor across college football with all these players who were able to come back with an extra year of eligibility due to COVID 19 and then secondly the new crop of quarterbacks that have taken over at most of these elite schools, you know, uh, Alabama, Clemson, and of course, Ohio State, they're not as elite or great as the, the players that they took over for. And so you combine those two things, and it's kind of got us to this point where I think this is a year of transition in college football where you're not necessarily going to see teams beating up on each other as often as we've seen in the past with these top five or six programs in the country. Now, that might change here near the end of the season as they start to kind of gel together, but I think that's the two two biggest factors that have gone into this. Brandon, as I look at the top ten, um, who do you think um, – I guess who do you think is the is the biggest fake in the top ten? If you had to pick one of the teams – to kind of throw out of there or maybe early on. Um, like, for instance, for me, I think Oklahoma is a very interesting one. Spencer Rattler has gotten a ton of preseason hype. I'm just not sure their team is all there. A&M is another one that pops to my mind. Obviously, we mentioned Clemson. But who, but who up there near the top end, if you want to go top eight with the undefeateds, do you feel like you're just kind of waiting for the season to play out to kind of let them drop? Yeah, I think Cincinnati is the biggest fake. Um, I, I saw enough, um, against Indiana early, but also, I mean, I haven't been high on them all, all off season. I think I had them as low as like 22 in one of my polls in, in the preseason and <laughs> Cincinnati fans were jumping all over me and, uh, I just didn't see it with that team. Now, you know, they, they beat Indiana and I think that's probably going to be their toughest test really probably most of the season other than Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is not all that sharp either. I think when you look through those teams that you just mentioned, I mean, everybody obviously has got weaknesses, but for, for those teams, it's like it's glaring weaknesses. As you mentioned with Oklahoma, like what's going on with Spitzer Rattler? That, that, I mean, there's really no big throws coming from him this season. Um, Iowa, fantastic defense, but their offense has never been explosive and it's certainly not explosive this season. And it's explosive rate when you look at pro football focus. I mean, that's a team that, might end up being top 10 at the end of the season, but is never going to be a threat to get in the playoff. Penn State, I still have questions about because Sean Clifford, he's not great under pressure. And against Auburn this past weekend, Auburn got zero pass rush against him. Texas A&M, I don't know what their quarterback situation 
if that's a really good situation at all because Haynes King's injured. Zach Calzada's come in, and he's had some subpar performances so far. So, listen, I it's such a mess in the top ten right now, but it's difficult to find teams below them that are actually better when you're ranking these teams. That's why, like, this top ten, you know, no one lost in the top ten this past week. You didn't see a lot of movement other than, you know, maybe OU dropping, but it's it's like who are you going to put above them? I mean, there's just not a lot of options there. No, it it and it's honestly it's kind of fun, right? Because it, it goes back to the first point yeah. where we could have real parity here. We could have somebody came out, come out of nowhere and win this thing. I, I think for me, Brandon, the biggest shock is how poorly Clemson has looked offensively. Um, yeah. I didn't have that. I mean, I, I I thought DJ would come in in year two, elevate year three be the number one pick in the draft i see a kid who doesn't have confidence i see a kid who's got a little bit of cement shoes with a long delivery maybe i just missed it and to be fair i don't follow clemson every single week but i did see him last year against notre dame i saw him in some of the filling in for lawrence last year i assumed that he would just improve upon that what's going on there yeah you know i think he you know when he He's kind, of, he's kind of got like a knuckleball when he throws. It's just like, it, it, and it just comes out at like 100 miles an hour. And he doesn't have much touch with the ball in some of these longer passes. And that, that's very concerning to me. It's almost like he's got one speed in throwing the football. And that's never a good thing when you've got to, you've got to be able to mix it up. And then also, you know, I think we're underestimating the, the loss of Travis Etienne at running back. He kind of, mix things up for them not only in the run game but obviously in the pass game as well what he was able to do out of the backfield and so I, I think that they're just they're still trying to figure out what they are and who they are and what's really concerning to me just from a coaching perspective is every week I'm hearing Tony Elliott saying um, we've got to work on fundamentals and this with fundamentals and that and it's like shouldn't that have been something that you were talking about a lot in the off season? Yeah. And I, why are we talking about that when it's it's very clear that you got to kind of adjust and mold this offense around the strengths that you do have at this point? Because right now, this isn't an offense where you can call the same sort of plays you've been used to over the last two or three years, especially when Trevor Lawrence was a starting quarterback. Brandon, I want your take real quick. What's your gut instinct on who takes the job out in Southern California? Um, you know, listen, I think the one that makes sense that, you know, everybody keeps talking about is Luke Fickle. And I, I, I think at this point, you know, Cincinnati, I think it's very obvious that, you know, going into the next year or two, um, you know, there's going to be a bit of a rebuild there. Um, and I, I think he would fit uh, USC kind of perfectly at this point. You know, we'll see how that works out. But I think with the USC job, you're going to hear a lot of murmurs between now and December, but not a lot of it's going to matter. But this thing's really not going to heat up until probably December when the season's near its end or has ended for some teams. And, you know, uh, I know a lot of people mentioned James Franklin. I think that kind of depends on, you know, how he feels about the program and how they're taking care of him and his assistants at that point in the year. Um, but, um, listen, USC's going to be able to get a big – bigger name if they want to but listen that you rarely see power five coaches going to power five jobs i mean it's always been like that even though people have these huge wish lists but those are the two guys that make the most sense and and the ones that i'm sure that they'll uh you know be shaking the trees for a little bit brandon appreciate your time as always man thanks for giving us a little bit of it today all right thanks guys
All right, that's Brandon Marcello, covers uh, National College Football for 24-7 sports. Um, the crazy thing about that USC job is, as he mentioned, December 3s, you got to have somebody there December 1, because yeah. signing day is third week in December. It's not February. I anymore. just want Chops to cut up that take on Cincy and send it to Luke. <laughs> send it to Luke. He can use he'll, that. He'll play it in his building. Yeah. He'll play it in the building. As if he needed anything else to help rip those guys, because I promise you nobody is ripping his team harder than he is after the way they started. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, we hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. The best, best in the Midwest. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper's here. Go, Chops. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, here we go on a first Friday. Through two weeks, the Chiefs are the worst in the league in most rush yards allowed, 404. Most rush touchdowns allowed, 7. The next is 8 teams tied at 3. And yards per rush allowed at 6.0. Thing or not a thing? Well... I was going to say pretty big. It's a thing. Let's remember Honey Badger just played against Baltimore. Yeah. And Baltimore is the best rushing team in football. So, and then they played Nick Chubb. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt. So <laughs> or the two teams they've played. Right. <laughs> two, they played. Arguably the two best running teams in right. football. Right. They played the two best running teams, both with their physical talent and scheme in all of football. They did one of them without Tyron Matthew. So. I, it's a th- it's a minor thing, but not as not as big as you might think. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that they're aware of. But um, ultimately, yeah, you're playing two of the best, and so I know Coach Spags. Uh, that's a big sense of pride as he wants to stop the run, and and he'll be he'll be getting after those guys. But I'm not too concerned yet. I don't mean this to disparage a certain player, but we talk about good stats. So this one was being passed around yesterday. Tommy Eichenberg played 53 snaps for the Buckeyes against Tulsa at middle linebacker and recorded zero tackles. Thing or not a thing? Um, it's always tough with college kids. I don't. I, I would say that that's that's impossible. That's a that should be impossible to play 53 snaps and record zero tackles that that would be impossible and if that is the case and I don't know Tommy I would say maybe you ought to find somebody else to play the position then and I'm not saying it's all his fault maybe it's not maybe doesn't know, maybe there's confusion who knows but that production from my vantage point now you made a living playing the position so I'm a moron compared to you but that seems impossible to me well it's definitely not something you want to read ever um I would hate games to where when I had like four or five tackles, you know, you play Purdue's of the world where they're throwing the ball all over the place and a lot of tackles go to the corners and the safeties. But, man, that's a lot of plays. There, I watched it. There's blitzing happening, right, to where it got picked up. Like our early blitzing downs that we did, they almost picked up our two inside backers every single time. Even on third down, they picked it up. They cut us. They... And so there's a couple times where we blitz, and um, you know they just had they had it blocked up. They were they were waiting for it, and then they would squirt through, and and Ronnie Hickman would be there. Um, Ronnie's making a ton of tackles, and I'm I'm of the opinion like you never want a safety making all the tackles. You know, like it's just anyway. There's a lot of stuff going on about the LBs right now that's circling around. We're not great in coverage either, I guess, but they're all you know like coaches keep saying they're young. They gotta. Sooner or later, you'll start to pick up things, and 
hopefully you'll you'll see better production. Philadelphia 76ers all-star forward Ben Simmons will not report for the opening of training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the Ooh. franchise, sources told ESPN on Tuesday. Thing or not a thing? I would like one team to say, fine, we won't compensate you. Sit out the rest of your career. Yeah. I'd like one team to do that to a player at some point. He just signed an extension. Yeah. For a lot of money. Yeah. I would love the Sixers to say, you know what? I don't think we're going to have that here. We got a good team without you. We still have Joel Embiid. We're not going to pay you because you're refusing to report. And we're not going to trade you, so you're going to waste your prime. Mm. One time. And I'm pro player, but one yeah. time. What's Enough's fascinating enough. about it too, Bo, is that you know a lot of these owners have that clout. Yes. Like these owners could say, you know, it's funny, Ben. We really appreciate you, and we gave you the extension because we want you here. And if a deal comes up for you that we will take, we will take it, and we'll send you elsewhere. We're not just going to ship you just because. Okay. That's just that's not in our best interest. Um, but the funny thing is, Ben, is that we've been making a lot of money for many years owning this team with and without you. Yeah. And we will continue to make a lot of money. So while you are in your prime, if you don't show up, you won't get paid. And then you're choosing to give away millions of dollars. So you can sit out if you want. That's your choice. But And then we might suffer a little bit in the wins and losses record. But guess what? We'll still be there financially. Are you going to be there financially, Ben, if you don't play? After suffering what looked like an injury on his throwing arm and throwing six interceptions in his first three games, Indiana quarterback Michael Penix was cleared by doctors and will remain the starter for the Hoosiers, according to Tom Allen. Thing or not a thing? It's one of those things where he had such a magical year last year. And if you're Indiana, so much of what Tom Allen's trying to build there was on making sure last year wasn't a loss, you know, that you could build off of it. And it's a rough start for them. They had a tough schedule, obviously, um, but six picks in three games ain't going to get it cut. For ain't going to cut it for a guy who many thought was the best quarterback returning in the Big Ten East, and probably was. When you watch Indiana, even a year ago, it was so magical until Michael got hurt because of his ability to maneuver within the pocket and just chuck it downfield. But he was consistently under pressure. Like, everyone looks at the... If you look at just the stats, right? Indiana had one of the fewest sacks allowed all year. Look at pro football focused. It's the worst graded O-line in the Big Ten in pass protection. Because Michael Penix would literally escape sideways, bounce. Remember the Penn State game week one? I mean, uh-huh. Ole and those guys literally... I mean, I think they had like 14 QB hits, but like two sacks. And you're like... And they're on back-to-back plays. And you're like, my goodness, it's the same thing this year. They haven't gotten any better. Even throws that he's making, he's having to like back up. He can't step up in the pocket. I'm not saying he's playing great, but there's a lot of other issues. Bishop and Lord. Jeez. Oh my gosh. What are you doing in there, Chopper? Hit the touch screen. Sorry. Did you, did you lean on something, Chopper? Gosh. <laughs> that was the end of my thought. You All right. On. We're good. Dan. <laughs> Dan Hope passing this along from the Ryan Day presser after several questions to Coach Day about the turf at Ohio Stadium. An Ohio State spokesperson says their plan is to replace the turf next year. Thing or not a thing? I don't care about anything else. Put gray back in the turf. That is it. That's all I want. My petition every day, I'm marking it down right now. 
one th- one of my three things every day from here on out will be oh, please like put gray back in the turf. Gray and turf. Can we add sleeves to it? Gray and turf, gray and sleeves. Both should be done. Should have been done a every long time. day. That'll be my third thing. So I apologize. No, I like you have that. to I hear like it every day. Of it. My guess yep. is they've already ordered it, so they probably can't. Probably have, um, but you know what's funny is you know what. Never mind. I'm not going to put it on their route. You I have guess. to have gray. Yeah, your scarlet. When your school gray. colors are God scarlet say. and gray, You're not scarlet and black. Yeah, don't try to pull Noki Doke and you know we're going to sneak in a, and change our colors and not tell anybody. No, we're scarlet and gray. It's in the fight song. That's right. Um, two things. One, and I, I've talked to a lot of a lot of people on this. You ought to be able to do grass there. So that's that's the first thing. So I, I know they're not, but they should. That you should be able to do it. You got to find a way to do grass. You're, you're Ohio State crazy crying out loud. Yeah. Get get some grass sorted out. Second thing is obviously you put you go back to the gray in the in the uni, in the in the end zones. Obviously, the the Ohio State in gray. Clearly, that's what you yep. do. Yep. Uh, the third thing, and this one I'm I'm honestly serious about. Can you wait that long? Because if I. I, every time I see one of our guys go down, I look at that stuff and I go, are you putting people in harm's way? Mm. Yeah. By playing on turf that is clearly wrecked. Yeah. Are you putting people in harm's way? So yeah. that's, can you wait that long? Yeah. I don't know if you can fast, fast track turf. I mean, how long does it take? Does it take a month no to install? I have no you're, idea. You're taking me down a path. I have no clue. Yeah. Sorry. But I mean, honestly, I hope it's not too long. Get your Hey Guys questions into Chops, hashtag Hey Guys. We will get to those coming up next. And uh, coming up a little bit later, also you're officially endorsed, one of the great, great press conference rants of all time turns yes. 15 years old. We will get to that and have a little fun with that as well. Final hour on a first Friday, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Here's a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. D drinking responsibly with a touch of class. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join Matt Andrews and Tyvis Powell Friday night under the lights for the Fan's high school football game of the week. Coverage of this week's matchup, Hilliard-Bradley at UA, starts Friday at 6.30 on The Fan. Catch highlights and scores from high school football games around Central Ohio on 1st and 10, Friday nights at 11.15 on 10 TV. Before we get to Hey Guys, a couple of notes from social. Uh, Tim tweeting that Lane Kiffin now follows two quarterbacks, Arch Manning and his own quarterback, Matt Corral, who maybe the Heisman guy uh, early on this season, is off to a very good start. Also, Derek doing a good job. Uh, keep fighting the good fight, Derek. He says, he tweets, uh, Gene, hear me out. Scarlet end zones, gray letters, white outline. <clears throat> also, let your Nike football friends know we prefer gray on the sleeves. Good job yeah. you, Derek. Yeah. That's a very um, that's a very good job out of you. That uh, solves it. That'll solve it. I think the only would. one who understands we like gray is that the – that it's a, a school colors coach. You know what you could do too. You could also look puts at the, gray what, on the uniforms. Yeah, what the University of Texas did with bringing the colors up the side. Oh, that'd be that. pretty sweet, you know. But if you have to do turf, like that's a good way to do it. Yeah, the the Rose Bowl way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if you didn't order, to I mean, if you don't want to, did they say they're replacing turf with turf, or they just say they're replacing? I think the that's turf? the don't chops. Know, you you heard it. Doesn't seem like that's the. In, of course, that's what, what they're, they're doing. But they should just turf say because you know what you could do. Oh, never mind. They couldn't. We did that in 06. We replaced the sod midseason, and it was terrible. Terrible. We, well, we had a jersey scrimmage think, of fall camp. Yeah. We ruined the sod, and then midseason it was so bad. 
um, because there wasn't science back in 2006 to help you know plant new seed and stuff. And the, somehow I think they all these other planted NFL the wrong stadiums. grass is what I read. Now you yeah, never know. Probably but did. We've come you know, a long way. It's leave been it to all of our years. smart people over at the university, over there in the ag department, yeah. to not figure out what grass to put. But they replaced it. I'm not putting it on them. First Michigan, those we people, were all slipping. I remember Lamar Woodley slipping. I remember all of us slipping. Those, all those the people place. are salt of, salt of the earth. I, they I are they salt of the earth, doing. but they didn't put the right seeds in, in the earth. Place. Is what they didn't do. They can yeah. be salt of the earth all they want, but they didn't put the right seeds in the earth. <laughs> All right, let's hit uh, Hey Guys on a first Friday. Hit a chart. Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag Hey Guys and ask Bishop and Laurenitis anything you want. Do it now. It's crazy how much quieter those are when you're expecting it. When you're not, it's like the loudest thing ever. Oh, you're when you, you yeah. hit your thing? Yeah, you hit. What one was it? What one did you hit? I hit thing or not a thing again because we oh. were running out of time on it, so I needed to crossfade it on the other one. I see. And that one was already up. That was the issue. It's a lot of FaceTime for you on this show today, I'm just realizing. Yeah. yeah. Too yeah, much chops. A lot of FaceTime. I think, no, I think that's the right what? way to go. I think more chops, the better. <laughs> First up in Hey Guys, uh, Russell says, what's the superior fall activity? One, a corn maze. Two, apple picking. Three, pumpkin carving. Or four, he just gives you another. Mm. Wow, that's a good job out of him. Um, yeah, it is. My f- so you can find them that have all of that, right? I am not. I am not a pumpkin patch, pumpkin carving guy. I find it to be overrated. I find that there's an incredible amount of excitement for my wife and children to carve the pumpkin. That runs out in about sixty-two seconds, and at which point I'm the only one carving a pumpkin, and they've scattered. So I'm not that guy. I'll tell you what, though. You give me a corn maze. Where I can buy apple cider, sold. Mm. Sold. So this, this is a confession about really no my how I I'll say things from time to time to where Shelley would be like, "You really had no childhood." I'm like, well, I was raised by literally the animal. So what do you expect? <laughs> um, never did a corn maze in my life until I think last year. Uh, do they the have them in Minnesota? Of course they had them. I, I didn't think know the animal wanted to come back from the road and go to a corn maze. No. I just said no. no like he didn't. Is corn, uh, you know, in the? Oh, we have plenty of corn in the ground. Um, okay, yeah, we have plenty of corn. Um, the other thing is um, apple picking. No, we didn't do apple picking. Now I want to take the girls apple picking this fall, yeah. but we did not do that growing up. The only thing we did do was carve pumpkins. So that would be my thing right there. With the girls, we have um, we did you know painting the pumpkins for the first few years, and now. I think London wants to start carving this year. The scooping out of the inside is tedious and all that, but if you know if you get the seeds and then you can toast them and it's a fun deal. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. It's one of those things that I actually probably enjoy more than the girls. But hopefully, hopefully London with her, you know, great like her father attention span. Not we will uh, we'll have a little better experience with that this year. This apple one's cider. half work. Apple cider just sounds amazing. Oh, it's so good. Oh, especially so good. today. Nice yeah, chilly and rainy. For it. Yeah. This one's half work, but what about the raking the leaves and playing in the piles? No. no. Not for you? No. Oh, I no. love that when the boys were young. I mean, I love that when the boys were young uh, to build the big piles with the leaves and have them jump in it. I've got videos of Black Cobra when he was like two. That's awesome. Just running into a, you know, on the with the slow-mo and the smile on the face. I mean, this is our. this is why we live here, right? It's not for today where it's wet and gross, but you live for high 64, sunny. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is why we're here. 
You could also get that in San Francisco. It's just slightly more expensive. Correct. <laughs> Up next, Rob says, hey, guys, if the game was this weekend, how are you feeling about it? Woo! Yes, the not man good. called it. He called it. Not good. When I texted you earlier this week, I said, I'm not sure what I would pick with what I just saw out of them and how we do not stop the run. You heard Thomas Hammock. Thomas Hammock was on Harbaugh's staff, John Harbaugh, with Jay Harbaugh, with Mike McDonald, with all those guys, and he said, this team has been constructed to beat Ohio State. They know that they're not going to go out there and be able to out-athlete them on the outside, so they said, we're not going to. We're going to try to get dirty. And I don't know if it'll work when it comes to What took to them so long? I don't know. This is what they should have been doing the whole time. I don't know. And I don't know if it's even good enough this year. But all I know is is that I don't think they'd run for 330 against us. But I'm not sure we could stop them under 200. I don't know. I It's tough. What have we seen so far? We've gave up 501 total yards to Tulsa. I mean, I just, I don't know. I think it's more of, I don't know that they're gangbusters. And I, I didn't think they're game you, You've done their no. whole game. You know, you did a whole game. I have not they watched them no. play a yeah. whole game yet. So I, I'll re- reserve judgment till I see them play an entire. Who do they have this week? Rutgers. Poor okay. Rutgers so I'll, into that I'll, yeah, that's not great. But but I'll, I'll pay a little bit of attention to that. I think it's more of an indictment of where we are defensively rather than them being good. But I don't I'll think they're what. that astronomically better. I think that they have a new scheme and a belief finally and an identity well, finally. But I think our defense. The Dude, you, things you that concerned us last year, Justin Fields isn't here still to cover no. it all up. And here's something. You mentioned Nico Collins. We talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's never. It's not about talent. They've had talent. Yeah. They've had enough talent. They just didn't have belief. They didn't have identity. They, they didn't have a quarterback. They still don't have a quarterback. Maybe the young kid will become one. But what they have now is belief and identity. And I thought that's what he should have built the whole stinking program on. Yeah. I think I know where you're going to go with this one. Shelly says, what do you think of Elvis' new contract? Are the Jackets a playoff team this year? I mean, I I like the fact that they picked one. I think they botched the handling of it because you could have traded. If if this is the way you felt, you could have traded Corpy High coming off of the playoff appearance, you know, in the bubble. Um, And I don't feel very good at all about their playoff chances, but I understand that going in. And honestly, I hope they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. I hope that they're the worst team in the NHL so that they can pick number one. I want them to pick in the top two or three. I want to see young guys have moments, and I want this team to play hard and have culture and all of those things. But primarily I want them to lose because I want them to pick in the top two or three for the next two years. Yeah, I think um, it's tough, right? Because when you pay a goaltender like that, you're you're going to steal some games. (laughs) Right? Right. So picking number one here. I'm happy that they um, they chose a guy, and I'm happy that they chose a guy that I think can be the absolute rock star because of his personality. Like he can be a rock star in the NHL, not just Columbus, Ohio. Um, having said that, I, I think that um, I'll put it this way: I'm more optimistic about this team. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I'm more optimistic. I do think it will be better than I had anticipated it being, um, which I know is not what you're you, you don't want. Um, my fear is that they're in the middle of the road, but with and I'll I'll acknowledge this, I do not have the um, the intelligence uh, to to digest you know NHL prospects right and, and how our draft was and really have a strong. I, I'm I'm happy that Mr. Davidson has a really good opinion about it and that Yarmo does. So I think you know that makes you happy, but um, 
I think it's still too soon to be thinking playoffs. Ryan says, hey guys, I'm headed to Farm Aid this weekend for essentially my dream concert lineup. For you both, who are the artists performing at your dream concert? Oh, gosh. This is so... This is such a tough one, Bo, because you're going to piss off so many people no matter who you say, <laughs> right? Like, you're going to say somebody, how do you listen yeah. to that? All right. Um, dream concert lineup. You can go first. I know there's people that I want to see that I haven't seen, but I don't know if that's like a dream. You know, like, like um, I've really wanted to see Mumford & Son since I didn't go to the concert in St. Louis at the pageant, which is a historical historical like standing room only small music venue that every single up and coming artist has been to right there's pictures all over the backstage and all that and they went and played there um i had only heard like their first song and i was like i'm not really sure this folky kind of band will really do it for me and then you know my buddy dave bora came back and said it was the most epic thing he's ever seen in his life they're i mean anyway and i haven't been able to meet up with them ever since so that'd be one that i would want to go to um there is a concert here next Sunday that I wanted to go to, um, Maverick City Music and Brandon Lake. But they're both, you know, they're both um, Christian recording artists I've really wanted to see for a while, and I enjoy a lot of their music. So do the girls. But I don't know if there's really one where it's like I've gone to Timberlake. He was incredible, you know. So it's like I I don't really have an artist, and my music has changed so much since I like when I was in college. You know, I went and saw Gucci Man and Lil Wayne in college. You know. That was that was an experience, and then you, you know, now I don't even hardly listen to to rap like that anymore. So it's just, I don't know. Do you have a dream one? Well, okay. So I, I'm assuming I can go posthumous here since it's a dream. So I I would have two separate kind of lines of thinking here, uh, and this is something that as I've gotten older I've become to appreciate more, which is my roots in music, which is in country music, which is what I listen to. Is kind of the this yeah almost the background of my life as a kid. So yep. if, if I were to give you like the dream Save lineup, a horse, ride a cowboy, not quite that type of country. <laughs> I would I would open with with a little Sturgill Simpson, and then I would go into Willie Nelson, and then I would go into Johnny Cash. Like you give me that three, that's a, yeah, that's a win, and that's a home run hitter. That's I mean a that's a that is a bombshell out of yeah. the gates. I, I think another one that would this be farm made lineup has Willie Nelson and family and Sturgill Simpson. Well, that's a great lineup then. That's a fantastic lineup. Sturgill's unbelievable. Um, yeah. But the thing that will, you'd be surprised if the kids out there going, Willie Nelson, I'm telling you, he's written every song that you know. I saw him play in Red Lodge, Montana 20 years ago. He played for three hours. I knew every song. Yeah. Every song. Because he's Man. the stuff that he's written for other people. Yeah. yeah. It, yep. So much. That was one of my favorite things in Nashville is we went to this fundraiser for like a local school that the um, Cortland and Lacey Finnegan's kids went to. And mm-hmm. it was just a songwriter event. And so you go to it and you're like, I don't know what this is. And then the songwriters actually start playing the songs that they wrote. And you're like, holy smokes, is this a top 40 countdown? You know, right. like he's this normal looking people, you know, they're doing a fundraiser. Their kids go to the local school too. And you're hearing all these hits and you're like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. You're, you're spoiled too when you play in professional sports, whenever concerts come in. I mean, I got to go see a ton yeah. of country concerts, but um, yeah, my, my childhood, yours was raised on country. My dad was rocking, you know, sure. queen, um, you know, and some of that. Other than that, my dad did not want to hear the radio. Like, Dad, can I put the radio on? No, I want silence. Why? Because I've had nothing but noise for days on yeah. the road. Okay, all right. So what's amazing right now in music is it's it really is for the 
for the first time, and I've realized this, it's absolutely timeless. The stuff that my kids, so they will yell, they will ask the car, they will search the car on things to play. Like when we go to football games in the morning, it's Hell's Bells, it's Thunderstruck, it's Welcome to the Jungle. Like that, those are the songs they want to hear, are those songs, right? Yep. Those are their yep. pump-up songs. Um, like Renegade, God yep. forbid, you know, I mean, like those are the things that they play because those, like they don't realize that those songs are almost 40 years old. In some instances, yep. There's no point of reference on it. They just it's just good music, and because it's not released like on a in the old days on a on a record or a tape or a CD, it's all just streaming. So there's no point of reference to oh this song's. They have no idea how old songs are, right? They have no clue. Yeah, they just like what they like. Yep. Because there's stuff that you expose them to. There's no doubt. It's a wild time. Like I, I wish I had my old Jock Jams tapes. I'd go, I'd get those rolling. I'm sure you can find them somewhere yeah, on the yeah. line. All that stuff's undefeated. It all works. Yeah. It's the same stuff. Like you should see they lose their minds when you play this stuff on the way to a football game. The same way I did as a kid. Yeah. Because the stuff's timeless. Yeah. It my, serves my, the purpose. My experience man. is a little different. A little different. Well, what did you play on the what was your what was your pump on the way to high school games? Oh, a little gosh, bit of you don't even want to know. I mean Was it hip hop probably? I don't want to know, bro. It was like um yeah, Lil John and the Eastside Boys, Arch. I mean, we ready. See, all that stuff was when I was in high school. Difference though between you and I, I could stand rock. I right, but when I was a kid, rock, there wasn't cannot, pump up hip hop. Yeah, you know, it was Run DMC. Man, I was listening Beastie to Beastie Boys. Like, I listen like to some of the songs now. I'm like, why did my mom let me listen to that? <laughs> Dr. Dre, some of the old Eminem albums. Right. I'm like, oh right. my goodness! Like, I it's almost harder. It's way harder for me to listen to it now than back then. I used to sing along to it back then. I'm like. Ah, this is dicey. I don't support really any of this in life. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's got a heck of a hook, though. Um, it does. All right. Uh, it's got a great it's beat. A f- it sounded great with the 212s in the back of the Chrysler oh, yeah. Cirrus, you know? That's I had exactly to put socks right. in the trunk to keep it from rattling too loud, you know? It's awesome. Bolts it falling does. off it. <laughs> Coming up next, it is the 15th anniversary of one of the great rants in sports history. We will have it for you coming up next. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The fan is first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And if you are in the market for a new vehicle or pre-owned head over east to downtown to my friends at Jermaine Toyota of Columbus. They have amazing deals on all of their outstanding Toyota models right now. And if you're thinking about selling your car, please give them a chance. They will pay top dollar right now. And you don't have to buy one of their vehicles. They will just take your car onto their lot today. They'll give you a hassle-free offer on your vehicle. Go to 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or see them online. JermaineToyota.net Alright, I got this from... uh Clint, who who uh, we I talked about the grass on the field. He says the field prior to 06 was primarily Kentucky bluegrass. The decision mm-hmm. was made to change to perennial ryegrass. It is more traffic wear tolerant. Um, from what he heard from his boss, who's a golf course superintendent, is that the grass got diseased and they couldn't get it under control. Ugh. So there is how our, do you um, let the shoe get diseased? <laughs> mm. You hate to see it. You absolutely hate to see it. Um, all right. 15 years ago, 15 years ago today, uh, 
one of the most famous coach rants of all time mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Let's have a listen. If your child goes down the street and somebody makes fun of him because he dropped a pass in a pickup game or says he's fat and he comes home crying to his mom, you'd understand. But you haven't had that. But someday you will. And when your child comes home, you'll understand. If you want to go after an athlete, one of my athletes, you go after one that doesn't do the right things. You don't downgrade him because he does everything right and may not play as well on Saturday. And you let us make that decision. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Attacking an amateur athlete for doing everything right. And then you want to write articles about guys that don't do things right and downgrade them, the ones that do make plays. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a a kid. Write something about me or our coaches. (laughs) Mike Gundy. I don't know if that happens in 2021. I don't think it does. I mean... I think we're far more aware of viral moments... We're oh, far yeah. more aware aware of social media, and mm-hmm. um, this was, if memory serves, this was to he, this is in response to uh, a young female reporter who was who had written a story about his quarterback yeah. at the time. Um, and I don't know that that happens in 2021, but it happened in 2007, and it led to uh, one of the most famous "I'm a man, I'm 40." People say it all the time. I say it to my wife. I'm a man. I'm 40. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a line that's that's common. It's literally become such a common line. I mean, I don't know yeah. if he really realized. Obviously, he didn't Clearly realize not. in the moment that he would become almost more known for this than some of the good teams he's had there. Well, I'm going to give you something else too. So this happened in the the 2007 season. It's 15 years old. So it happened in the 2007 season at Oklahoma State. That was his third year at Oklahoma State. So his first year he went four and seven. Then he went seven and six. Then he went seven and six in 2007. So out of this, there was some fame that come, some notoriety that came with it. These are his next four seasons: mm-hmm. nine and four, nine and four, eleven and two, twelve and one. Des Bryant played there during that time. Brandon Whedon played there during that time. Zach Robinson, I believe, was the quarterback who played there during that time. Justin the, Blackman. Who, Justin Blackman, yeah, the wide receiver who was a first-round pick. I think you could make a point and a decent argument that this elevated his program. Mm. They played in a Cotton Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl in that time. Yeah. I mean, 2011, four years later, he's 12 and one. They win the Big 12, and he's he's playing in this Fiesta Bowl. Mm. They had, I mean, it was year after year they had a dude coming out at receiver. Yeah, that's all I know. Um, yeah, yeah. I think in a way he leaned into this. Gundy leaned into it. He, of course, he then he took it a step that further, and, the and then the mullet. Yep. Like all of that followed this. He was, you wonder, like, if this doesn't happen, if he doesn't become famous for this, do people become aware of him? Because what is this at the, what, at the root of it? And again, I don't think it would happen now. I don't think a coach would take that tone now. Saban does a little bit. 
so quit asking and all that right. stuff. But but not to this extent, right? right? So, but what at the root of what he was doing, he was defending a player. Yeah. So he goes to your at that time he goes into those Texas high school locker rooms and and those coaches. Yep. And they say this guy'll have your back. Yep. No question. And no it, question. That's what happened. That's yep. what happened in recruiting. He's had a remarkable run there. Mm. It's been there sixteen mm-hmm. years. Did you see the news that just popped through? No. Monroe. No. Ohio State linebacker Dallas Scant has entered the transfer portal. Well. Yeah. I mean this is where this is what you're gonna have. This is what you're gonna have. You're going to have a new – this is college football. Regardless of what Dallas Gantt was or wasn't doing, it was a very thin position group. That's why you moved the running back to linebacker. That's why you pounded the table for a USC transfer. That's why you played the USC transfer on the field before he even took his black stripe off. We need a people. You don't want to see any of those guys in that room. Regardless of production, it's just depth. It's just depth. I mean, both Cody Simon and Tommy Eichenberg are wearing shoulder braces. You can see it on their arm. The spring game, they played like six guys only, five guys at linebacker because guys were hurt. It's just not what you want to see. Guess what you can't do? You're not bringing somebody in off the portal right now. So he's in the 2018 class. A guy that's been talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. Four-star kid out of Toledo. Uh, in the 2018 class, so yeah, this is this is part of this is part of college football now. Yeah, is is that this can happen, and it's something that you have to navigate, and coaches have to be aware of it. Yep. and I'm sure you're trying to talk them out of it. To this point, we've done a pretty good job of doing it, but this is where you're at when you're talking about transferring and leaving teams in the middle of seasons. Yeah, it's not just happening here; it happened at Utah. Brewer left. Yeah quarterback now he hasn't popped up in the portal yet right chops but he left the team yeah that's correct yeah and that's the that's a i mean that's part of it you gotta be look if you're charlie brewer you go there you don't know these guys right you know them a little bit from a recruiting visit but when you know things start to happen go wrong and then all of a sudden you get benched and you're like wait a second i wouldn't have gotten benched at my old spot but you know and then forget it i'm out of here i'm done yeah you know, and then now what? Now what's your alma mater? It goes both ways. I'm not saying that it's a good decision, bad decision, right? It goes both ways. Um, like I'm not so sure some of these quarterbacks in our room um, are. Are we 100 percent sure that they, some of them would transfer if they don't get playing time? Who's to say a kid doesn't like just being in Columbus and realizes, you know what? If I can't win this battle, maybe, maybe I won't be a court. You know, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to play in the NFL. Maybe I want to try to play big time college football and. Maybe I made a business relationship, and now my life is set up for the future. I mean, we don't know the motivations of everybody. Well, and in the, in the scenario that you just laid out, we're not going to because you're not going to talk to them. No. No. So you're not going to get a feeling in terms no. of what motivates them. No. Nope. Um, but this is the reality of college football in 2021. Yeah. Um, and, again, I don't blame Dallas Gantt. Like, no. It just stinks because he was a name that so many publications talked about, right? He was one of the names that when you said, who's going to replace the four Yeah. Him and Taraja. Four years. Yeah. Him and Taraja were the two names that you kept saying, oh, they're finally going to see the field. Yeah. 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 And if, you know, it's been something where Hickman's played a lot. Obviously, Eichenberg plays a lot. Simon plays a lot. Yeah. So, you know, you, and, you know, could, could the message be saying, hey, man, we're, you know, th- th- we're going to go young here 
Mm-hmm. So you, you, yep. you got a transfer portal. It's college football in 2021, like it or not. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. One, two, three. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. This is The Daily Show with Coach Ryan Day brought to you by Safe Flat Auto Glass. Just after week three, some general thoughts about the defensive performance last Saturday, Ryan. I mean, I thought there were steps in the right direction. Um, you know, we're not where we need to be, but we're settling into some different packages, I think, um, some personnel. And, um, you know, across the board, there are some guys who are stepping up and playing well. Um, still some some different things ex- execution-wise. If we clean up, you know, three or four plays in that game, you know, uh, you know it's different. And But that, that's part of playing this game. You know, it comes down to one or two plays, and that can make or break you on defense. So, um, you know, looking to continue to build up uh, more and more reps for a lot of these younger players. And, and, and even for the older players, I mean, there's some guys in the program that have been here for a couple years. And so when I say younger, I just mean inexperienced, you know. Uh, the more these guys play, the better they're going to be. Hey, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Sports talk distilled to its purest form. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Let me talk to you real quick about ridiculously good salsa. When you're out there tailgating or at home watching the game and you need a good shareable snack, go with my go-to. That's ridiculously good salsa. Share it with family, friends, neighbors, whoever. I promise you, you're going to love this stuff. Find it at Whole Foods, Wildlands, the Hills Market, and at the Dublin Market, which I believe the last weekend will be this weekend for that. That's where I get it. Oh, by the way, last weekend for the Dublin Market. Get over there. Say hello. Mild, happy, medium. Get that? Medium. That's one. I feel like that's a Chops joke. High Heat all have the perfect flavor. Hi, I'm Chops. I like medium. Um, <laughs> I love this stuff. You guys will, too. Go check them out. Ridiculously good salsa. Uh, two updates from that's the... dadism, uh, too, by the way. My dad would have loved that. Medium? Get it? It's so funny. Uh, yeah, dad. Got it. Yeah. Got it. This is um, uh, from... In NFL circles, Tua Tungavailoa down this week. He's got fractured ribs, so it's be Jacoby Brissett for the Dolphins. Uh, somebody named Reed Sinet is the backup. An undrafted player out of San Diego um, is the backup for Miami. In uh, in Houston, Tyrod Taylor placed on injured reserve, expected to miss the next three to four weeks. Um, so, obviously, they have Deshaun Watson, but he will remain unactive. And so Jeff Driscoll will be the backup there uh, to mm. Mr. Mills, who we saw up against Cleveland. Um, so just getting you that information before you place any wagers for the weekend and before we do the scores tomorrow. Um, obviously, kind of the story of the day is Dallas Gant. Um, he's in his fourth year. Yep. So he's been here. He's been yep. patient. Mm. He is playing, um, and and yet he's had enough. So I think, you know, I, I saw some of the stuff from Austin and Tim May on this on, on social in terms of, that of the surprise of it that he is playing and, and all of those things and, and why would you do that now? I do wonder, I guess what I would wonder then is what if he was told something this week or what if there was something that was done this week that said, hey, we're going this way now? And I don't even know, you're studying the depth chart, you know, certainly in, in preparation for the game. Well, what there is could no that depth be? chart. There is right? no depth chart. There is. You look a at one. the game notes. There is no depth chart. We've become, uh, it's like Michigan. There's no depth chart. Um, so to protect uh, the innocent, I just don't. I, I think right now there's so many people playing um, 
look, I honestly think if you listen to some of the coaches' comments, and uh, I'm excited to talk to Coach Barnes about this because I haven't talked to Coach Barnes before. I'm assuming they'll have him on the call. Um, but And just kind of say, hey, the point of playing so many players is that is that because you're trying to find who fits what? You know, or is that because of managing e- like egos? What is it? Because we're still playing a ton of guys, you know. And you yeah. kind of heard Coach Day kind of said we're, like, we're trying to find who are who we can count on a little sure. bit. Um, and may- and like you said, maybe it was a conversation of hey, or maybe he just felt like even though he had been playing, it wasn't like when you saw out there all the time that it was just consistent Dallas Scant on the field. You know, there was a rotation stuff things to it. Maybe he thought that he was going to be one of the guys, and maybe as this thing has unfolded early. That they said, no, we're going to continue to play these guys, and he said, well, I'm not sticking. I thought I stuck around because I was told I was going to be. A, I, I don't know. I don't want yeah, to speculate knows? too much, right? Sure. Because I don't. I'm not in the locker room. So, but regardless, whenever you have a defense that's stumbling and all that, it's not good, you know, PR because a lot of people around the country are going to look at it and say, well, look at the, that's a spot that they need improvement on, and one of your highly touted vets is going elsewhere. But I, like I said, I'm, I don't want to speculate. This is all ignorance on my part. I acknowledge it. Could he play like in two weeks somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know. That's I know question. we have that the free transfer. Yeah. He's been in, been here four years from an eligibility standpoint. Transfer the Rutgers and play for Greg Schiano against right. us next week. No, I don't right? Know. I is that possible? Idea. I don't know how that works with school and all that. Yeah, there so still that's... is a school system where you have to transfer credits and make sure all that kind of lines up. Um, right, right. Like that has to be sorted out. I mean, would yeah. would he? You know what? Where would he be eligibility-wise? Those type of things. Um, it is a position, though, of great concern on this roster because it's not playing at the level, and it's not. This isn't new. I mean, it's been this way for a while. Mm-hmm. We haven't had great linebacker. We had great linebacker play since Fick left. Um, I would say no. You know, the defense was good under Halfley the one year. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, I'm talking about that position, like. The play at that position and the recruiting at that position. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if we've had that since since Fick left. So uh, there have been flashes. Sure. You know, like there are sure. flashes of, of, of Pete Warner playing great, but I mean, um, you know, Baron Browning had his mo there's just there's certain the stuff though, man, where you're just Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Has it really been to our standard, Has it been up to expect. the standard because like we were the real like, there was a while there where we really yeah. were arguing with Penn State fans about LB. Sure, yeah, you know, and yep. um, for whatever reason, we just haven't haven't had the production there. No, have not. All right, it is a first Friday. We get your officially endorsed plus three things coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This this is Bishop and Morinitis. All right, it's a first Friday, kids. It's a fall. It's an autumn. You drink for the wrong reasons. My generation, we drink because it's good. Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do. Well, this is this is this is the this is the season. Tis the season, kids. This from now until spring. Uh, th- this is bourbon season. Uh, it's exciting. Um, the weather gets a little cooler. 
a nice cocktail on an on an, on a first Friday evening will will do you well. Uh, so we will start with a baseline. It's interesting. We played Roger Sterling there, and and this specific cocktail, I am convinced, uh, had a, a renaissance because of the show Mad Men, and because it was ordered quite a bit on that show by Don Draper. It is the old fashioned. So this is how I make them. Um, and and what I like in this is a mellow bourbon. So a ninety proofer is is where I am uh, on this one. I, I think I think that does the best job. Uh, for me, and again, a subjective process. I'm not going to give you a bourbon you can't get. There's a lot of great ones. You know what they are. A really good one that you ought to be able to get that's usually in every liquor store is Larceny. So let's use Larceny bourbon for the case of this conversation today. So you're going to take your Larceny bourbon, about two ounces. Uh, you're going to take, this is how I make my old fashioned. You're going to go two organic brown sugar cubes and mull those together. All right, just mull those up and crush them. Take a couple of drops of Luxardo cherry juice. And put those on the the sugar cubes. Take two dashes of black walnut bitters onto the the mash that you're making with the sugar cubes. Then take a little bit, a couple of drops of the bourbon, and then get that so it liquefies. All right. Put that in a cocktail shaker. Pour the rest of the bourbon into the cocktail shaker and shake it to dissolve the sugar. It's important that you dissolve the sugar. Then take a cocktail glass with one large cube. Pour over, throw two Luxardos in it, and you're welcome. And that is your officially endorsed. Time for three things. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me. I told you earlier in this week how uh, Bootsy was upset about a quarter zip that I picked out for him because he only wears fancy on picture day, which would lead you to believe that when it came time for picture day, that he'd be okay with it. Nope. Turns out not so much. It was all a big long con. Today was picture day. He's in a fancy little button down. 30-minute fit. I don't like to wear fancy to school. I don't want to wear fancy. I don't want to wear... 30 minutes, man, for the dude. Sent to his room multiple times. By the way, it's his mom's birthday while all this is going on. Oh. Less than ideal behavior. Happy Bootsy. birthday to the blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a happy morning. Yeah. I assure you of that. I literally said, this is the last thing I said to them this morning before I was I was doing some show prep, had some other things to do this morning that took me out of the house, and I said, I go, it's your mom's birthday. Behave. I come back, World War Three, yeah. DEFCON 2. Yeah behave lock it up you lock it up no you lock it up that's right um, kindly lead bootsy <laughs> uh my first thing um please put gray in the sleeves and on the turf thank you <laughs> all right my first thing uh j-lo made lasagna yesterday and it's her best lasagna she's ever made i think i don't know if it's the new kitchen or just that you know she's been cooking for both of us most of the meals i try but i can't cook she, that she's just kind of been, you know, figuring out whatever those little changes are, that little bit of skill that you gain. She's been making the last few weeks like a couple of the best versions of whatever she's making. Very excited about that. It's very good. Uh, number two for me. So a buddy of mine works for Adidas, and he's in their custom shoe. In other words, when an athlete says, hey, can you get me some of these? Like a lot of times you'll see like the the, the, the cleats or whatever that NFL players use. Uh, I saw Deshaun Jackson and some Kobe ones. That Those customizations. So he does that for Adidas. I've known this guy 20 years. So on his IG feed this week, I saw, I'm like, oh, this looks familiar. And he did the custom 
ultra boost boosts that the crew ownership gave to all the crew players for winning the championship and some mm. uh, and certain executives. They're they're awesome, and it was a crazy worlds colliding moment. I've known this guy twenty years, and he designed the shoes that the soccer team of record in this fine town will get uh, as as a little gift, and they're pretty sweet. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. My second thing, uh, I hinted about this earlier. I heard that the sun won't set after 7.30 p.m. until March again. <sighs> so you were saying, oh, temperatures are coming down. Um, I said that to Shelly this morning, and she goes, yeah, it also means we probably won't see the sun till March. I was like, fair. Fair. Right. But at least, at least I got my long sleeves on today. I got my Carhartt rain jacket yeah. behind me. I'm going to go check the stream levels after this. Uh, yeah. yeah, so just you won't see the sun for a while. It stinks when it sets really early. I actually think between 7.30 and 8 is the perfect sunset time. I don't like in the summer when the sun's up till 9. 9 is nighttime. It's we don't tough to that. put the kids to bed when it's that late, too. Yes. My f- second thing, Bill's Mafia greeted the team at the airport, or at least some people of Bill's Mafia, following their 35-0 to win against the Dolphins. It's great. You, you love your team, all that stuff. That seems like a real waste of time to me, to greet people after a regular season game. You're not going to catch me doing that. Certainly not. Uh, finally, number three for me, happy birthday to the blonde. It's interesting. You fall in love with someone because they're smoking hot like 20 years ago, um, and, and then they end up becoming like your best friend, and then they end up becoming someone who helps you raise children and is capable of so much, and all these years later, you love them as much as you did the first day, and that's about as big as win as you can get. Now, I know that she would never listen to the show or anything I do, frankly, <laughs> so if you are one of her friends and you hear me being nice to her, go ahead and let her know that I was. Please. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing what you see, what your partner, like you see different layers to them. Yeah. To where you're just like more and more impressed at the stuff that they battle through and help you battle through. Um, If I am hungover tomorrow morning, I apologize. It's because I made four or five of uh, Bo's old fashions. um, Because tonight is the night a year ago that Pops passed away. Uh, So if I'm hungover in the morning, you'll know why. To Pops tonight. Yeah, to Pops, you get a complete pass on that hangover as well. Last one for me. I saw this. This is from a, an article in, I think, the San Francisco Gate. In 1998, they had a promotion at this local Mexican restaurant where if you get a tattoo of their logo, you get free food for life. Ooh. Sign me up. Who's going to do that? Any, any re- I'm throwing it out there. Any Mexican restaurant in the Columbus, Ohio area, I will get your <laughs> logo tattooed on me if you offer me free Mexican food for life. I feel like we can get that done pretty easily, uh, certainly. Uh, all right, good job, fellas. We're back tomorrow for more fun. Rothman and Ice up next. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan.